Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line. You can call in and talk about what you want to talk about. It's 855-450-3733. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. It's your live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. You can call in, talk about whatever you want. That's what we do on Free Talk Live. We also have an interactive website where you can go and, uh, well, you know, post videos or blog posts or news stories, whatever you want, at freetalklive.com. You can vote up other people's submissions. They can vote yours up, vote it down. That's how it works. It's uh, freetalklive.com. Now, Stephanie, I've got <laughs> it a... sounded uh, like that was a struggle for you, Mark. <laughs> well, I was trying to decide which one of these stories I was going to go with here out of the gate. and um, mm, I can see. That would be a tough choice. Yeah. We have a lot of interesting we do stuff a, planned. We do. We do. So this one here, a GOP report says the TSA hasn't improved aviation security at all. This is from the Washington Post. Is that shocking? Well, I guess it's shocking that they're actually admitting it. It would be shocking that anybody in the government would say such a thing, right? And and let's not forget that the TSA was created by a Republican, so the GOP saying it might mm. uh, be some kind of admission of uh, you know, incompetence or or something. They usually don't like to say anything that contradicts their own party. Because they're very, like, almost nationalistic about it. Yeah. It's very blind allegiance to an arbitrary group. So let's go ahead here with the uh, article from uh, WashingtonPost.com, Ashley Haley Third. After 56 billion federal inve- in, in federal investments in airline security, flying is no safer than it was before September the 11th, 2001. Um, the attacks uh, and the, the bare hands of passengers might be the best defense... Once a terrorist gets on board, two members of Congress said Wednesday, deriding the TSA um, as a bloated bureaucracy that recruits security personnel with ads on gas pumps and pizza boxes. The two house. <laughs> Do they rep- really? I, I guess wow. I can only assume that they're telling the I've truth. I've seen here. the ads on Facebook, and I always click. I label them as offensive. Offensive, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've done the same thing, <laughs> and and the same things that you know try to advertise to get me to become a, a military police officer or whatever. Yep. Yeah. I do the same. Yeah. Two House Republicans said it needed to undergo almost a dozen reforms, as if reforming it is somehow going to make it better. Leave it to the marketplace. <sighs> it's a lot more efficient. Wasn't there some quote from Ronald Reagan, I think, that said the closest thing to eternity is a, a government, government program? program. Yeah. yeah. He's got some really, really great quotes. That's yeah. for sure. Well, I mean, he talked a great game about liberty. And, and <laughs> yeah, smaller government. That's, that's all I can really say certain. about him. <laughs> Americans have spent nearly $60 billion, and they're no safer than they were before 9-11, said uh, Paul Brown, from Republican from Georgia. We need to have a uh, uh, travel safe in America, and right now it's not. Brown joined House uh, Transportation Committee Chairman John L. Micah at the Reagan National Airport on Wednesday morning to present a harshly critical report on the TSA's performance. Brown said terrorist, a terrorist bomb could be aboard an airliner very easily at, um, at, at his home airport in Atlanta. TSA has not prevented any attacks, and it's just been very fortunate that we've had no attacks. And this is borne out by you know, yeah. the TSA testing itself, yep. um, its little red team thing that it uses to test itself. Every time it tests itself and we get a newspaper report. Now, they don't release just how inefficient right. they are. I was going to say they usually get leaked. Yes, they get leaked. They're trying to cover it up or something. Right. The TSA does not um, you know, give this information out. Mm-hmm. It's between 75% and 100% of guns, knives, and bombs that they attempt to smuggle on themselves um, get, get through. They yeah. get through. 
The TSA's uh, the little the backscatter gizmo, the naked scanner thing. Um, they recently had one in Dallas um, that a lady went through with a gun, a, a red team member went through with a gun five times. Yep. And that just goes to show whatever those pictures were on the internet that were showing the lady with the gun in her belt strap, those were um, pictures. You mean with the giant breasts and the perfect body? Yeah, she was <laughs> worth looking at, there's no doubt. Um, she. Uh, I just she, thought that was kind of funny that yeah, well, that picture yeah. made the rounds. <laughs> the um, it was it wasn't an actual photo, you know, picture of what the machine shows. The machine doesn't show anything like that. It, that's a artist depiction, uh-huh. and the artist depiction mm-hmm. shows the machine is uh, far more efficient than it really is. Yeah, it's really quite blurry. I guess if you look at the actual images. Yeah, and well, it's you know they're they're similar colors. It's now, very, to, very difficult. to be fair, Mark, though, don't you think that if someone works for the TSA, they may have a little bit more intimate knowledge of the security vulnerabilities inherent in their screening process, and so they might be able to exploit those if they were on the red team and they're trying to test them. Well, if they um, if I were a terrorist and uh, the TSA was recruiting from pizza boxes, I might go work for the TSA. Oh yeah, so that I might know how <laughs> to exploit these things. As if it any of it matters. I mean, the the problem with nine eleven wasn't that I airplane was hijacked airplanes have been hijacked all over the world and you know it didn't change airline security many times yeah it was that the air air um, craft were flown into buildings and you know to me that can be handled pretty easily with the um you know the the the, the cockpit doors being reinforced and perhaps uh, pilots carrying guns or um you know maybe the uh you know there being you know some kind of air marshal or something or some like people that. say have the passengers uh, you know, with the ability to carry guns, it's you know, it's another option. I mean, it's certainly there. <laughs> there have been guns. There are guns on planes every day in America, mm-hmm. and and know, some somehow... of them have stopped crimes from occurring, right? Yep. And some some crimes have been stopped just simply by people tackling the perpetrator and taking them down, and uh, they've killed them. Yeah, I mean, the yeah. the fact is that t- passengers have killed people on planes since nine eleven, and I think for that acting not- weird basically. Well, yeah, I mean that that say what you want about that. That sounds kind of unfortunate. Just that it does show the planes are not weird. relatively safe, though. Gosh. I mean, yeah, well, know, well, the point people y- aren't going to put up with that kind of thing anymore. You're not going to hijack exactly an airplane it. with a box cutter and um, an American airplane with a box cutter anymore. Yeah, they you know they fell for that trick once and. You know, I guess three times, and they're not going to again. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's the 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 long and the short of that. This TSA bureaucracy that throws away people's water bottles is really, really pointless. Ugh. I mean, yeah, it's just it's so clear that it's all about obedience. It's really not about anything that's supposed to keep people safe. And the whole groping thing in the recent years has just been so um, blatantly not about safety, just about controlling people and it's it's really unfortunate because i've heard recently within the last couple of weeks some articles that say the tsa is actually planning on expanding to roadside checkpoints and that kind of thing now i don't know how true this is but i wouldn't well, pass them they were involved in in some kind of road roadside check as i understand it mm-hmm. and um they've been you know doing bus stations and train stations and right and they're, they're just all over the place so trying in, to figure out exactly you know what what they can get their mitts into before yeah. they um you know they, they things could change now janet napolitano has suggested that people may be able to keep their shoes on into the future but you oh, know, thank I think you for is, thank you, Master, for that scrap of freedom you just threw me. Thank this, you for the little bone. I think it's uh, you know I, I think it's largely just um, you know an appeasement. Yeah, if the, if people weren't complaining, if people weren't calling the TSA a useless bureaucracy, um, as we on Free Talk Live have been for doing doing since you know forever, um, as long as we've been around, well, pretty much, we, we should be clear there might be a role for 
I think there would be a role for security at airports in a free market where we did not have the government running airport security or existing at all. But the TSA is not that agency. They exist by force. Everyone is forced to pay for their salaries, whether they want to or not. Everyone is forced to go through the TSA, I, I guess, unless they're, they go to a small private airport, which only basically re- very rich ri- people very go rich to, might right. be able to avoid TSA. Yeah. 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 And, you know, it just it just goes to show the uh, disparity between rich and poor. Yeah. Um, you know, when two tiered. Yeah. When it when it comes down to it. But, you know, the, the TSA is like any other government bureaucracy. Government thrives on failure. They do. They they get more they funding do. when they fail more. They absolutely do. This um, well, and I, they have the incentive to scare people too, because when people are afraid, they'll have no problem approving these new pat down procedures where they put their hand on your genitals or you know get a lot of money for body scanners. People ushered in and welcomed the TSA when um, you know these were just the same airport screeners from before, and mm-hmm. this time they got government uh, you know badges, but they welcomed them in, and now the same folks are going ah. They're complaining about it. Really? Really? You thought the government was going to be overbearing and inefficient and intrusive? You didn't think that that was going to happen? I mean, that's what the government does. Yeah. I mean, every time. Every time you ask the government to do something, whether it's to take care of medicine or, um, you know, handle airport security or take care of that dictator across the world, it's expensive, it's inefficient, it's intrusive. That's what government does. That's what they should have as their little byline around their badges. Inefficient, <laughs> intrusive, you know, whatever else. Oppressive, I funded yes. by force. Cool. <laughs> Free Talk Live, if, if you think I'm crazy. 855-450-3776. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Talk Live, 855-453. It's a SACL toll-free call-in line here on Free Talk Live. The live Sunday edition with Mark and Stephanie. Call in, talk about what you want to talk about. But uh, we actually have um, uh, an interview on the line here. It's Christina Heller. Christina? Hi. Thanks so much for having me on. Sure. So you are the producer, uh, director of uh, Libertopia. It's a movie about the Free State Project. Is that right? That's right. You know, we met you at the um, at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, uh, you know, earlier, I guess it's earlier this year, earlier this year. And the Liberty Forum is coming up in um, in in February of uh, next year. It's uh, February the 23rd to the 26th. And it's one of the largest liberty gathering gatherings in the world. And folks can be a part of it. All they have to do is go to freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum Forum. Sign up with coupon code FTL2012. It gets you 10% off the already low early bird price. It's uh, freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. So your movie, Libertopia, is about three people that are moving for the Free State Project. Is that right? Yes, that's right. So tell tell folks about it who haven't seen it. it Sure. Um, Libertopia is a feature documentary, so it comes in at a little less than an hour and a half in length. 
And we look at three individuals who are involved with the Free State Project. Two people we follow as they're moving to New Hampshire, and one is already in New Hampshire. And he's kind of, uh, you know, an indication of the types of things that, you know, Free Staters do once they move to New Hampshire. So our first subject is Will Buchanan, who walked to New Hampshire from Oregon uh, a few years ago. And some of you might remember his Walk for Liberty. So in the film, we follow him as he walks to New Hampshire from Oregon across the country and tries to get media to cover his walk to promote the Free State Project and also Ron Paul. And then our second subject is uh, Andrew Carroll, who was 18, not even 18 years old when he contacted us about being involved with the film. And he had found out about the Free State Project online and uh, decided as soon as he turned 18 that he was going to be moving to New Hampshire. And we thought that was really interesting. And so in the film, we follow, you know, his move away from his home, his nest, his high school friends, and see what, you know, it's like for a kid who's never left California to, um, you know, get readjusted in New Hampshire. And then the last uh, main subject is Matt Simon, who moved to New Hampshire from West Virginia in 2006 and is fight, was fighting for medical marijuana in the state. And, um, and then also I think that the film kind of gives people who might not be knowledgeable about libertarianism a, you know, a brief Reader's Digest version of the principles so that you know, they can kind of understand where these people are coming from, and if they want to learn more, they can you know, do more research into it themselves. So uh, why are we talking about this now, Christina? Well, um, the film, you know, some of you may have heard of it already. I mean, we've been promoting it, um, you know, on, on the Internet as much as we can. But you were on Stossel our... earlier this year, too. Yeah. Yeah, we, I, I was lucky enough to be invited to do the Stossel interview with Chris Wallace, and that was really fun. And then uh, I did an interview with Reason, with the, the Reason, uh, Reason.TV, which was also great. Um, and, you know, as, as with independent films, it sometimes takes a long time to kind of get through you know, the distribution channels because you're doing basically a lot of it yourself. Mm-hmm. But we are finally getting our digital distribution on December 6th. Uh, so on December 6th, you'll be able to purchase the film on iTunes. We're going to be on Xbox, PlayStation, two, uh, Amazon, VOD, and then also two more websites, Cinema Now and Vudu. So basically, long story short, like on December 6th, you're going to be able to get the film on a variety of internet and digital platforms. And it's just really exciting because I think this might be the beginning of the film really reaching a new audience. You know, I watched the film uh, earlier this year and really enjoyed it. I've got, you know, I, but I connected with uh, the film to some extent. I knew everybody in it and that's uh, (laughs) one of the parts of it. But, you know, uh, Andrew Carroll recently went back to California. Do you think that that in any way diminishes uh, the film or the Free State Project or what do you, what do you think about that? Well, that's, that's interesting. I mean, on the one hand, I can't say I'm totally surprised. He was so young and, you know, New Hampshire, you know, it also, he, come, he came from Southern California. So, it, you know, he's used to kind of, I think, a little bit more robust social life, you know, more people. I mean, it just seemed like uh, very unlikely in my mind that an 18-year-old from Southern California would go to New Hampshire and just live there till the end of his days, you know, especially someone who's kind of as, I don't know, intellectually curious. And I don't know if that, I don't want to make yeah, it Chris, the wrong way. But Christina, I, just, I, I, I understand. Kind of, yeah. I understand what you're saying, and it's you know it's a small sample size. Like this, sometimes people come to New Hampshire and then leave a couple years later, and he happened to be one of those. But I was just wondering if, if there are any plans to update the film or add some newer footage because I know a lot of that footage was taken in 2007. Is that right? So, so I, it's, it's 
it's most of it's uh, 2008, 2009. Okay. Yeah. So are there any plans um, to update you know, it? I, well, you know, we have shot some interviews with Andrew since, you know, he came back from California. And I think that maybe we'll include some of that in, you know, on our YouTube channel. Like, so you'll be able to kind of keep up with it. Mm-hmm. I also, I think that might be, you know, if the film actually does get out there and let's say, like, get, gathers a bit of an audience that outside of just, you know, the Free State Project members and, you know, hardcore activist types, maybe the maybe our YouTube channel could be a place for, you know, people who wanted to tell more stories about the Free State Project, um, you know, to put new stuff up. You know, that's kind mm-hmm. of the beauty of you know, online is that we, it, it has the, we can update it all the time and, and you don't really need, you know, Sony pictures to get it out there. You can just put it up on a YouTube channel and then, mm-hmm. you know, that's it. So I think that, you know, uh, the, the, the film was just sort of a, a cap is a time capsule of like this 2000, right. 2009 mm-hmm. period, mm-hmm. three people moving and who are these people? Why, why are they doing this? And, you know, since then Andrew's changed, but the person he was when he moved to New Hampshire, um, that was a very real part of who he was and is a very real part of a lot of people who moved there. So yeah, it's, it's, it's completely valid, sure. Yeah. So, But, you know, that is really interesting. There have been a lot of changes with the main subjects since, you know, we shot the film. Um, you know, and I think so, the film's yeah. aimed at, it, to some extent, it's aimed at people who would want to find out more about the Free State Project or have never even heard of it or anything like that, because it really is slices of life, as opposed to trying to teach people what the Free State Project is. It's uh, it's talking about three people's lives, three interesting people's lives, and what it is that, you know, they're they're doing and at the time, and, and that's, that's, that's fine. Well, I'm kind of wondering, yeah. Christina, what was it that made you interested interested in the first place in shooting a movie like this? Well, um, I was a journalist and I kind of always knew I wanted to make documentaries. So I was in, you know, I'd been making some short documentaries and knew that I was kind of chomping at the bit to do a feature. Um, And then, you know, I was in New Hampshire and making these short documentaries and I made one short documentary about the Free State Project. And at that point, I didn't really know anything about it. In fact, I was like chided later by some people who found old posts of mine where I sounded really, you know, ignorant about the Free State Project. But Mm -hmm. part of it was, you know, I just didn't know anything about it. So I made this short. And then after the short, we made the short documentary about it, which you can still see on Current TV's website. Um, A lot of people liked it. And they, we, you know, we started kind of socializing with a lot of people from the Free State Project. Um, And I realized the more I learned about it and the more I became involved with the members, that this was the feature I was looking for. You know, it was just such a beautiful, interesting story. And there were so many characters. Give folks um, a website that they can find out more. Um, Yes. Well, look, first and foremost, you should go to our Facebook page if you do the Facebook thing. Facebook.com slash Libertopia. Great place to stay, like, updated. Also, Libertopia Film. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on the live Sunday edition. It's 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live makes available to you archives. Archives going back five years. That's got to be thousands of hours worth of programming for free. 
all the other shows Five out years, there. Three hours a night. The vast majority of shows out there, commercial radio programs, they're going to charge you for that. They want to. They want some kind of membership fee and all that other stuff. Free Talk Live gives it to you completely free at archives.freetalklive.com. You decide. Who who loves you more? Free Talk Live or the rest of those guys? <laughs> As proof, Free Talk Live is concerned about what happens to you during, you know, the big one. What happens if uh, unemployment hits, inflation, food shortages, natural disasters, any of these things that can happen to you and your family, you can protect yourself now. For my preparation, I choose WiseFoodStorage.com. They offer delicious ready meals, ready-made meals like uh, cheesy lasagna and savory stroganoff. They're packaged for freshness uh, for 25 years, as a matter of fact. Uh, individual Mylar pouches come. All you have to do is add some water, hot water, set them on the counter, and they're ready to go. Uh, you got to wait, obviously, period of time. But they're dehydrated. They've got meat in them. A lot of these uh, come, you know, there's, they've certainly got some vegetarian ones, too. But, uh, you know, it's nice to have some meat if you're going to uh, be getting these, storing these foods. So you don't have to eat the cat. That's right. You know, the cat, uh, you have, with these vegetarian meals, you could just whip the cat up um, and, you know, toss them in. Uh, <laughs> right. You could get it at wisefoodstorage.com or call 855-FOODWISE. Request a free entree sample. Use coupon code FTL. Um, you can get no-cost shipping, 10% off any order with uh, coupon code FTL. You'll need that uh, coupon code to get the free sample. It's wisefoodstorage.com, 855-FOODWISE. It's the greatest gift you can give the ones you love, wisefoodstorage.com. Let's go to Brian in Tennessee. Brian? You're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Well, um First thing I'd like to say is, Mark, I really appreciate everything y'all say and do. I don't agree with everything you say, but hey, I'm married and I don't agree with everything my wife says either. <laughs> um, but this has got to do with, okay, um, basically, the America is witnessing the police state, and you know, and where it's just sort of creeping out and showing everyone what it is, and and there's not really a huge outcry because it goes back to in my opinion, where those people that have the state is their religion, they see those people out there, um, the police out there, as basically enforcing the rules of the state. I mean, the, the rules of the church, more or less. Yeah. You and it, 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 it's sad. So I, I get the, the part about it being a religion, so it's the, the rules of the church. Okay, I, now I'm, I'm seeing the correlation, because, you know, a lot of people do hold the state as this uh, better-than-human uh, oh, god-like yeah. thing, when it's just a collection of humans. And in fact, it's a collection exactly. of humans that are incentivized poorly, so they perform less than um, we're used to having. You know, the customer service from the government's really awful. Why people, um, you know, hold it up as this great organization, I guess the reason is, is because they can force people to do stuff. Yep, and, and Mark, the, okay, and, and really, like I said, in the last, okay, basically in the last 10, in the last two weeks, uh, 10 days, we've seen the the intensity at the various protests around the country increase. Ah, uh, yes. But it's on, but on, on basically nine out of 10 cases, it's always the state making it more intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a lot I of mean, cases, that's that, that does seem to be the way. It does seem to be that the government's cracking down on occupy uh, the occupy movements, and then the the press will report it as you know violence has occurred. Well, yeah, that's because cops were hitting people with sticks. Yeah, and and that's the part. I mean, you know, like if you if you go when you go online, you read some of the comments. You know, like uh, the young lady that was uh, pepper sprayed in the face out in uh, 
in in Oregon. Or this whatever. was the one that was some just those, sitting there, right? Yes, just sitting there. Some of the some of the comments, you know, from some supposed uh, people that, that that they're just the most crass things. I mean, like, I mean, they they say if they had it on tape, they rewind it over and over again. And I know a lot of that coming from internet anonymity. I mean, you can only be a butthole for so long, and the internet well, makes you be a butthole a lot longer. But that's so common. I think it is actually telling because when people just become so callous to violence, and especially when they see those rules, like the rules in the religion of statism are that you are not allowed to ask challenging questions about the state, about the nature of it, about the justification for it, or anything like that. You're not allowed to question it. And so nobody you know, wants to accept those rules unless they're taught them from a very early age, which they are, and unless they're enforced upon them. And so when people see, for instance, uh, police brutality, someone else getting beat up by the cops, they just kind of, I think, subconsciously remember back to their whole life when they've been told, well, no, you can't do that. You can't step out of line. You have to follow the rules. And so they want to just somehow repeat that out onto other people well, to and punish some, them for dissenting. To some extent, this is the the glorification of uh, bureaucrats with guns. Um, uh, yeah. You know, you know, Republican Republicans claim they don't like government, but they really do like government when it comes to government agents having guns. They don't like the rest of the government agents. And, you know, like you're, you Wasn't have to there say somebody who th- we recently spoke with Mark on the show who said that they thought basically of the military as not being government agents it was uh, I, you know, it was an email that i received okay. and i had forwarded to you that um you know essentially people in the military are not government employees like gs government employees I, and I, I guess that's some kind of designation for what a government government service employees i don't know so it's different somehow that the incentives must be different i don't know i mean i i, I frankly well, don't sure know it's how different. somebody it's worse <laughs> i mean they they have the power to literally kill people and of course the dmv uh, worker doesn't have that power, but they both still work for the same agency, which exists because people are forced to pay for it. And the when when a cop gets killed, and they're not generally even in the the, the the top five most dangerous professions in the country, but when they get killed, there's a parade. When anybody else dies, yeah. nobody even thinks about it's it. It's a big double standard for sure. And I don't like double hey, standards. I have a question for you. Sure. Have you I don't know if it's a national uh, ad campaign. But I live in Tennessee, and I've seen the ad at least three times. The first time I yeah, it came across, I just sort of went, huh? The second time, I, I was a little bit more attentive. But the third time I saw it, it really, it really stuck out. There's a, and I can just, the, the catch line of this, this ad is, and it's got uh, sort of, uh, I want to say like oblique drawings of cop, uh, uh, pictures of cops just like the head. But the, but the tagline is, more cops, more stops. More cops, more what? Stops. stops. More, more cops, more stops. Is the suggestion I mean, you know, that the, the, more stops is good? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, really, I mean, they've got they've got to where you know, like, if they see you making even the smallest discretion, I mean, you've opened yourself up to to, to whatever they can do to you. You know, it's it's really funny how people can think. Um, you know, I live in a very sm- I live in a very small village, um, and the you know, p- people there don't like folks going too quickly through it. So they want a cop 
to stop people from going too quickly through this little section of village. Now, I don't know that anybody's ever been hit and, you know, a pedestrian's ever been hit. I don't know that that many people walk well, there. Well, Mark, that's because there are the cops enforcing that law. There aren't the cops enforcing <laughs> that law. I mean, you know, my town doesn't have right. doesn't have a police officer, I but sometimes the state cops that. the state cops do uh, come come and they will sit there and and they'll get grab grab some few a few folks. Do you folks. think it's because people naturally don't want to get into car accidents or hit people? <laughs> I don't think that, you know, I think that when uh, you slow down to, to 35 going through some places that it can be a little little low. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, people tend to go a little too quickly in vehicles. I think that uh, or the maybe best advice people is to don't, stay out of the road. Or, or, yeah, or keep your kids in a safe place where they don't aren't running into the middle of the road. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, as a parent who lives next to a busy road, I can tell you that it's one of my biggest fears is that mm-hmm. my son is going to, you know, slip out of our sight and uh, wander down the driveway and end up broken and, and um, eviscerated in a ditch because he went out into the, the street and we didn't see him doing it. So, you know, I'm, but at the same time, I don't know. I mean, these people are dying to have this cop. But once you get him, he's not going to he's just not going to get the bad folks. He's going to get you, too. And That's exactly right. I don't know. I mean, it's just, I don't know. It, it can be. And, you know, and, and interestingly enough, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not a, I don't really follow Alex Jones that much, but he made a uh, documentary like 11 years ago. Brian, hold the line here. Hold hold the line for just a second. 855-450-FREE, Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in, take control of the airwaves here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live with Mark. And Stephanie. You've been hearing us talk about uh, the Bitcoin for a while now. And if you're interested in this new digital currency, um, but you're not really sure how to obtain it, Crypto exchange is the fastest and safest way to buy and sell your Bitcoins. Um, they also offer a complete bullion story, store, so you can uh, go buy gold and silver privately with Bitcoin. If you're totally clueless on the uh, Bitcoin currency, they've got 24-hour customer service. Just visit their site and click on the live support link at the top of the page there. See Crypto Exchange's banner posted at uh, bitcoin.freetalklive.com. That's probably the best way to get there, rather than me trying to expel Crypto Exchange. <laughs> it's Crypto Exchange. It's bitcoin.freetalklive.com. Let's go back to Brian in Tennessee. He was going to tell us about some uh, documentary that he was uh, had viewed. Brian? Yeah. Um, okay, the documentary was made in 1999-2000 by Alex Jones, and you know it's I take what I hear from him with a grain of salt, but I, you know, I yeah, sit there and I watch big this, old salt this, shaker. <laughs> yeah, and, and, I, and I watch. It's got a lot of good know, stuff. This was he detailed the way the police state is now, and he, he he got it exactly right. And the thing about it is, this was even before the Patriot Act was passed. Yeah, so you know they had it. They probably had it written at that point because they tried to pass the Patriot Act back yeah, in two thousand, yeah. I think. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, then, uh, you know, when once the nine eleven hit, Americans would have taken anything in order. Well, let's just stop this terrorism. We're oh yeah, if die. they had if they had banned Arabs, Americans would have cheered for it. I'm sure most of them anyway. A lot of them think they did ban them. <laughs> A lot of them do think they have. Well, yeah, no but doubt. They didn't. Um, um, okay, I'm, I'm going to have to get off your shoulder, but right. Mark, I, I really appreciate what, what y'all do, 
And um, our car wants you. Uh, you said you listened to another person that I listened to. You listened to his podcast. I try to listen to as many different things as I can to form a, a rounded opinion. Which and one? It was a Dan. It was a Dan Carlin Common Sense podcast. Okay. And he was talking about what would, what what are the the twenty first century crowd control methods that they'll use to get the people back in line. And I think we're seeing just the just the beginning of them. We both know that. They can probably do a lot more, but when they start bringing out the, the military equipment that, that most police departments do have because they want to treat treat the citizens as their enemies, I think we're really going to see uh, things they've been planning for quite a long time and how to get the people to toe the line. They do have a lot of uh, terrifying technology. Brian, thank you for the call. You know, they have uh, these things that they can aim at you and your skin feels like it's on fire. Um, I thought that was just in testing right now. I, but I'm sure it would How prevent. are they testing yeah, it, I yeah. guess? <laughs> right, right. You know, they've got this uh, sonic device. I want to device. be the test subject. <laughs> um, you know, they well, got this, the sonic just, device. That'll... We just read an article, too, a while back about how, uh, the, I think it was Homeland Security is testing this, uh, what is it called, FAST, where it's like a pre-crime thing, where they look at your facial features and yeah. your heart rate, and they determine if you're about to commit a crime. Polio, take, you know, talk to this guy. He looks dangerous. But, you know, the government shows, has shown many times that it is willing to let people commit crime after crime after crime so they can build a case against you. So, oh, you know, it makes yeah. you, it really makes you wonder. And even encourage people to commit crimes. Like, they, the, oh, yeah. the counterterrorism agents will actually give people money, weapons, uh, chemical weapons, that kind of thing, in order to get them to entrapped in this plot of all, all the terror terrorism. plots that have, ex- have have occurred since 9-11 on american soil from what what i can tell have been funded and planned by the fbi now they've certainly got themselves a dupe or three um involved that they you know that they they, they set up for but, it but, but would that person ever have been able to carry forward that plot without the assistance of the fbi right i don't know how to get a hold of tnt now if i had ready access to tnt maybe i would do something stupid but i don't so how many of those people wouldn't have done anything? I don't, I don't think you'd do something I don't know. Stupid, I mean, I don't know. We're living in a fantasy world where I don't yeah. have anybody giving me TNT. Yeah. Um, but the, you know, the government gives these folks stuff and then, you know, they, some of them will do some, something stupid with it. But what I scares me <laughs> is if they're giving people explosives and chemical agents and things like that, what if they don't do what they're told to do at the time they're told to do it? What if they say, I'm going to go a day early? Yeah. And blow up something different. <laughs> right. What? I mean, this is crazy. And then it would be the government's fault for having done this in the first place. Well, in they, one they case, even... they actually, um, this guy was trying to go get a job. I and was about to bring up the same thing. They destroyed his opportunity to get the job because they wanted the case against him so badly. Yep. You know, what would this guy have done if he would have gotten a job in a different state instead of doing this? I mean, you know, you had a guy who basically had no direction. I suspect that's true for a lot of these terrorist folks. You know, and they try to create direction for themselves and the government's out there ruining it for them. Yeah. TSA spokesman Greg Soule, this is from the Washington Post dot uh, com article that we were reading earlier, denounced the report from the GOP saying that of the TSA has not prevented any attacks. <laughs> he says at a time when our nation's aviation system is safer, stronger and more secure than it was 10 years ago. This report, because now people can't drink water on planes, um, or bring water on planes. Unfortunate disservice to the dedicated men and women of TSA who are in the front lines every day of protecting the traveling public, of harassing and haranguing you while you walk through the line, of taking, uh, you know, 
fiddling with people's colostomy bags and, uh, you know, can you imagine what... And searching the babies and stuff. You have no idea until you've done this, what it is like to go through a TSA line with a young child. It is, I I mean, it is an ordeal. And just to go through with all this stuff that you have to travel with a kid with and mm-hmm. and you know it's it's just it's crazy it's absolutely insane now this spokesperson he may actually believe what he's saying but just to read that quote it really just sounds like he's pulling out this emotional appeal to sure. people oh you're not a true patriot if you support us <laughs> right yep that's what it, it you know largely comes down to these ts these screeners previously weren't getting paid a heck of a lot and tsa still doesn't get paid com- much compared to the regular sort of GS uh, But employees. oh my goodness, I mean, I recently went through the tiny Manchester, New Hampshire airport and there were 20 TSA blue uniformed, blue gloved people. Oh my God, there's a bunch of Milling them. around, doing nothing essentially. I mean, yeah, sure, if a, if a catastrophe happens or if a lot of people have to catch planes at the same time, maybe they would have more to do. But at the time I went through, most of them were looking pretty bored. Yeah, um, Mike uh, uh, Braun, these are the, the GOP guys, both longtime critics of the agency, challenged the need for 4,000 employees at its Washington headquarters, saying that they earned on average $104,000 a year. Uh, we never intended the TSA to grow to this massive bureaucracy, Mar- Micah said. Well, then why'd you put it in the first place? That's well, what government does. Maybe they didn't intend it, but right. that's what every government program does. That's what it happened. The report cited data released this year showing that there have been 25,000 airport security breaches in the past decade, giving the leaky security network. It, um, it said passengers and crew yeah, offer what, our first and most breach? effective line of defense. What what counts as a breach, I wonder? Well, by, is that by when that, a mother they, uh, like accidentally forgets that she had some breast milk in her bag? And for her baby and, you know, well, brings it through because it's a liquid. I'll tell you what, there's p- probably been 50 times this number because I can't tell you how many times I found a lighter in my pocket or something's gone through the, <laughs> right. the TSA that, you know, that they were supposed to catch. This must happen to everybody and they don't report it. And I rarely fly on planes. You know, I mean, this the 25,000 number. That's just the tip of the iceberg, mm-hmm. the very tip of the iceberg. I, I just recall back to a couple of years ago on Free Talk Live. I think it was like Christmas or right after Christmas or something like that. And this man called in and said that he had just he was calling from the airport and he said that he had just gone through the TSA screening line and he realized that he had like a huge amount of pot on him, like on in his pocket or something like that. And they just didn't catch it. Not that pot is dangerous in any way or but it, is a weapon, you, but you it's can believe they're looking for it. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. And somehow they not finding it, it slipped right by them. <laughs> and you know, I mean, if you're going to have this kind of thing go on where they're not catching much of anything, maybe 20% of things that go through. Now, remember, I'm just taking a number that of what, what we get from their leaked, uh, stuff yeah. there. Their red, their red team, um, you know, sometimes it's been 100% of uh, th- guns, knives, and bombs that they've managed to get through. But they'll catch somewhere around 20% when you look at these, uh, at, at, you know, these well, reports. And, and even if that number isn't completely accurate, doesn't it, I mean, the only thing that really matters is that they are not catching 100% of the things that they are supposed to be catching or claim represent if security they were catching, threats. If they were catching upwards of 75%, I think Americans could see the point in this. But it's 10 years later, they've had it's a mature agency they've had plenty of time to get good at whatever they're doing and they're horrifying at it if what their and job is is to protocol. screw with people and make them late <laughs> and annoy them line them up like cattle put a place for terrorists to uh, mow down a large crowd 
then they've done that. If what they're supposed to do is keep us safe on airplanes, they haven't. Yep. They haven't caught one terrorist yet. And all the evidence shows that they can't catch much of anything. Yeah. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. It's time to do away with the TSA. They couldn't we, catch a cold if we they tried. were trying. That's right. <laughs> we tried. It failed. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. When the power goes out for any length of time, you've got problems, starting with food that's going bad, even in the freezer. No communications, living by candlelight or flashlight, it's a bad place to be. The solar flare cycle is heating up and has already done damage to the grid. NASA and NOAA tell us that next year and in 2013, it will take down large sections of the grid for days or weeks at a time. Hurricanes and floods also cut power for several days or weeks. You can protect yourself now. The SG-1 solar generator by Sound Wisdom produces 5,000 watts of household current, comes with 230 amp hours of battery, 220 watt solar panels, and a built-in battery maintainer desulfator. This is the only portable system you can add as many batteries or solar panels as you like. It will also convert power from windmills, water wheels, DC welders, or gas generators, any source of 12-volt DC power. See it now at freetalklivesolar.com. Technicians are standing by now to answer your questions even during the Sunday night show. freetalklivesolar.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. It's a SACL toll-free call in line here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. You can call us and talk about whatever you want to talk about, 855-450-3733. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. So Stephanie, we you, you teased a little story during the break here about a, a gentleman who had a stroke. Yeah, and woke up gay. <laughs> had a stroke and woke up gay. Yeah, this is very interesting to me. Um you know, <laughs> on the show before, it's not just like purely a scientific, uh, you know, interest piece. It, it actually relates to a discussion that we've had before on Free Talk Live, Mark, and that's about free will, basically. And, you know, how much of our behavior is basically encoded in our genetics or our brains and how much do we have a choice about and so forth. And, um, you know, there are lots of people who like to say that like being gay is a choice and usually that comes with some kind of a moral judgment about it. It's a huge issue here Mm -hmm. in America today, whether or not gays should be able to get married. Is it a choice? Is it, uh, you know, nature versus nurture and all these things. What do you think about that, Mark? First of all, I think that gay marriage and is it a choice and so forth. Well, I think gay marriage is clearly a choice, Um, but whether or not straight marriage is a choice too, right? (laughs) Indeed, right? Yeah. (laughs) Um, So marriage, it's a choice. The whether I think that there are probably uh, genetic markers that make it more likely that one person would be gay over another person. However, I think that uh, choice does enter into it. And, you know, there's also these kind of things that happen, you know, things that happen in your childhood. And let me give you an example. My um, nephew cousin uh, is what he is. He was raised by uh, my other cousin. What's that? (laughs) Wolves. No, he's raised by my other cousin who uh, is Vietnamese. Okay. Uh, My aunt and uncle adopted a a pair of Vietnamese kids, and um, he was raised by... To some extent, my Vietnamese cousin. And he only dates Oriental women. 
Something happened at the time. I believe they like to be called Asian nowadays. I don't know. Right. I, I, I hear that term, you know, and I think that. I it, guess it, you would have to ask any person, but I yeah, did it's ask, more common to I did Asian. ask uh, a, a lady that I worked for who mm-hmm. was uh, half Chinese, half uh, Japanese, mm-hmm. and um, she said that she had never heard that in her life. Never heard Oriental? She had never heard that anyone would care one way or the other. Now, I oh, think that it might okay. be a West Coast thing to some extent that um, Asians prefer to be called Asian, not Oriental or whatever. I don't think about it much. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a term that I've, I've heard. You know, if I've offended somebody, I'm, I'm terribly sorry. But I also think that it's somewhat inaccurate. People in Russia are in the, the live in Asia and they're not necessarily um, – they're not Asian. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not Oriental. And people, people from, from India, India live in Asia um, yeah. and they're not Oriental either. I mean, I think it's a specific term that means a specific thing. So now, what does it, it mean? Does it mean oriental? slanty eyes? <laughs> I mean, it mean, well, I mean, you know, what science has decided that there's a um, that there's th- sort of three major sort of racial designations. Those would be Caucasian, um, ne- negroid and, and mongoloid or whatever the term is that they, they use. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it means whatever it, what you want it to mean for so, you. OK, so it means a cluster of specific uh, features of it. Related to appearance, black hair usually straight, mm-hmm. slanty, more slanty eyes. I mean, you know those things. Okay, that, that, I'm just know, trying to understand what you mean by not that. Not trying to be a jerk. Just saying he sure. only he only dates women of uh, with those that, features. You, yeah, the, the, that's what he you know that's what he does. So somewhere along in his rearing, something happened. His sexuality was imprinted, and it was imprinted on. Oh, there's you know that's attractive or well, whatever. A, a lot of just to play devil's advocate, a lot of Caucasian men it prefer um asian women you know so, just be, for some reason some i don't know do. why some make the choice some a lot of people prefer to date others I'm of just a specific saying, race i'm or... only saying that i believe that it is a combination of all of these things that's what my claim is okay yeah and i think you, i think the argument think can be made that there are lines of evidence that show that there are genetic and environmental influences on people's sexual orientation you know um as far as is it a choice um I think you can choose any of your behavior, but you really can't choose who you're attracted to. Right. Well, once, at some point or another, you are what you are. Mm-hmm. And then what are you going to do about that? Um, you know, some people can claim that that behavior is bad or whatever. Usually it's only going to mess their children up if that if they happen to have that behavior. But I couldn't make myself gay. I could act like I was gay, mm-hmm. but I couldn't make myself be gay. I'm going to like women and their shapes. And that's the end of that story. Sure. Yeah. And that's an important uh, distinction to draw. I, I don't know. Yeah. So, well, let's get into this article. Yeah, please. I, without further ado, this is from the DailyMail.co.uk. The headline is Burly Rugby, excuse me, Burly Rugby Player Has a Stroke After Freak Gym Accident, Wakes Up Gay and Becomes a Hairdresser. And you now this is kind of stereotypical. This just sounds it's like the Weekly World like, News is what it sounds like. <laughs> I wonder why they focused on this specific example, I guess, just because he was like so stereotypically straight man before this. And then 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 he became like a very stereotypical gay man, which whatever, like you should be whatever he wants to be. But uh, I don't know. It's interesting. So here's the story. When 19 stone rugby player Chris Birch and I wish I knew how much that was. A stone is a little less than 20 pounds as far as I understand it. Okay. Um. Yeah, something like that. It'll say later on uh, in the article. Yeah, probably a fortnight later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A fortnight later. Um, Go on. We've got about a score of minutes for this. 
when he I suffered a stroke during a freak training accident, his family feared it would be a life-changing inj- injury. Yet, while his recovery certainly brought about a transformation, it seemed to have been in a way no one could have expected. For when he regained consciousness, the 26-year-old who was engaged to his girlfriend claimed he had become gay. And now it has a picture of him in the article where he is um, sporting a hairdresser as if it's like a pistol, kind of. And um, he, uh, you mean like a, a blow dryer? Like he, yeah, hair dryer, because he's okay. now a hairdresser. Yes. A blow dry, hair dryer, blow dryer, whatever. You say potato, I say potato. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Birch's astonish, astonishing change saw him break up with his fiance, ditch his job in a bank to retrain as a hairdresser, and lose eight stone in weight. So eight stone would be approximately. Oh, almost 100 pounds, I guess. That's a lot. A lot, yeah, very much. It's apparently um, it's not 20 pounds. <laughs> he has moved now moved in with his boyfriend, the now ex-rugby player, uh, a flanker with his local amateur reserve side, has been attempting a backflip in front of friends, had been attempting a black a backflip in front of friends on the field. Which when, is a very athletic trick, by the way, that the oh, whole backflip yeah. thing. I've, I've seen guys that can do, just keep doing them and, and you know, a succession and like travel oh, while wow. they're doing it. It's amazing that to see. Amazing. On a trampoline, it doesn't seem too hard, but on the ground, it's very difficult. Yeah, I've never even considered trying it on a trampoline. Uh, <laughs> I should stay away from it, tricks It's like hard that. for me to even jump up. Like if I'm kneeling on my knees, it's hard for me to even jump onto my feet. But uh, anyway, we digress. So he, that's how he broke his neck and suffered a stroke. Gosh. Uh, he was taken to the hospital where his fiance and family spent days waiting anxiously at his bedside before he delivered the shocking news. Mr. Birch recalled, I was gay when I woke up, and I still am. It sounds strange, but when I came round, I immediately felt different. I wasn't interested in women anymore. I was definitely gay. I had never been attracted to a man before. I'd never even had any gay friends. But I don't care about who I was before. I have to be true to my feelings. Before the accident, Mr. I can only imagine how this changes. I mean, imagine this poor fiance that, you know, she's got her plan or whatever this is. is, Well, better for her to find out now, I guess. You know, it could have just as easily happened when they were newlyweds and, you know, a year into the marriage. Yeah, uh, that's always so sad when that happens, when someone is closeted and marries someone of the opposite sex. And then later they come out as gay. And, you know. What, did the, what does their spouse do? And See, that seems to me more uh, selfish than anything is to get, get into a relationship with a woman when you know you're gay and then, you know, well, ruin things. I for, mean, try to get and understand how, what they're going through, though, Mark. I, I, mean, I do they, try to. There's I, so much social pressure from family and religion right. and everything. And, you know, and that's the point I was going to make is that, you know, it's it's the weird stuff that goes on societally that's more likely to cause something like this than uh, than. You know, it, it just it plays into the scenario, but it's not a nice thing to do to somebody. Uh, no, neither is lying about anything in a relationship, though. And there are plenty of straight people who it's lie. It's pretty important, and though. cheat. I mean, and, like it's a big one. Uh, yeah, it's it is for sure. Um, I agree with you. However, it's not the only thing that people lie about in relationships. Sure. So, so what do you think about this, Mark? Do you believe that someone could have a stroke and then? Uh, wake up a heterosexual person could have a stroke and then wake up and be gay i think life is stranger than fiction and i wouldn't doubt this for a second yeah i i believe it too i mean there have been documented cases of people who smoked cigarettes and then had a stroke and suddenly lost all desire to have cigarettes after that so yeah. it's it's interesting i and think it, to not believe this you almost have to have a worldview that says that uh you know gayness is a choice or whatever that uh, the claim is mm-hmm. yeah maybe not. I, I i don't know it seems like you have to have an agenda that you're pushing. Yeah. <laughs> 855 450 free, free talk live. What's your agenda?
Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line. 855-450-3733. You can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about. We've been talking about this uh, apparently over in, in England. You mm-hmm. knew it had to come from there. Um, that uh, <laughs> this probably happened in the U.S. Too. Rugby player <laughs> apparently had a stroke. This burly man um, with a fiance had a stroke and then woke up a couple of days later gay. Mm-hmm. Is now a hairdresser and, you and know, has a boyfriend. Yeah. Has a boyfriend and has lost a great deal of weight. Mm-hmm. Nine stone. I still haven't looked that up. Well, let's just figure out what the he heck a stone almost is. cut his body weight in half. It was pretty a very dramatic um, weight change, as well as the personality changes. And it can't you know, be easy to lose that kind of weight. No, I guess he start. He says he started. Um, I don't know, going to the gym and changing his diet and stuff like that. Um, he says he sought advice from his neurologist and was told it could all be down to the stroke opening up a different part of his brain. Two years ago, it was reported that Alan Brown from uh, Malvern, Worcestershire, <laughs> woke, with a st- woke from a stroke to find out that he was able to paint and draw in incredible detail despite no previous evidence of the skill. The father of three said the experience must have flicked a switch in the creative part of his brain. So... Back to the original subject of this story, Mr. Birch says he certainly has no regrets about the transformation. I'm nothing like the old Chris now, but I wouldn't change a thing, he said. And here's a picture of him with his boyfriend. Well, what do you do about that? Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, so the controversy about this is really like... And and by the way, I don't know why other people are caring so much about this guy's orientation. Like, really? Well, I think that it is. I think this this is important. I yeah, think this is an I important news um, news story because you can look at this situation and it, uh, you know, it it will show that not only are there environmental factors in in uh, people being gay, but there are, you know, neurological physiological. Yeah. yeah, I mean, th- and it this, it also implies that if you could find the specific brain region that controls sexual orientation or something like that you could theoretically do some kind of neurosurgery and make a straight person gay or a gay person straight or yeah, something Yeah, what do you like think would happen? Well, I, would, I think people would want to use that I to make if, gay people if, straight. If there's a gay gene, those guys are gone. Well, that's the thing. If there is a gay gene, okay, gay people commit suicide at higher rates than straight people in their young years before they've had a chance to reproduce, sure. and they can't reprodu- reproduce if they're not having sex with, you know, hetero uh, sex. So why and would so there be a gay why gene? Would there, why would a gene like that last in a population? And so there Maybe is not an just, anomaly of some sort? Well, there are all kinds of theories. A likely um, anomaly? One of them is yeah. that there are like basically feminine traits make males more attractive to women. But if you have too many of these feminine traits, then you become gay as a male. Now I see some holes in that theory, but it kind of explains the multi-genetic uh, approach and why homosexuality persists at a certain um, percentage of the general population no matter what uh, and it seems to be not really influenced by by these um natural selection pressures or whatever it's interesting yeah let's go to jay in new york jay you're on free talk live what's on your mind hey this is jay noon hey jay hi jay and, uh, just calling a load of hay home but anyways uh i i listen to a lot of late night radio and I was listening to a show a few years ago. Uh, the guy could have been a little biased. It was on a, a, a Christian AM radio show broadcast out of New York here. Mm-hmm. And he was selling some kind of whey protein thing, energy drink bar, or whatever. And he was talking about how um, soy protein 
in like Enfamil baby formula, for example, raises the estrogen level in infants 20 times. Um, and he was saying that the uh, effect of that was in boy infants, boys, that it would like um, raise the estrogen level so much that it would suppress like the testosterone and like basically lead to them growing up to be gay. And then what he said is it raised the estrogen women, the estrogen level so much in women that I uh, like their, you know, breasts develop earlier and, you know, uh, and they, they just like, you know, went through puberty much earlier. And in men, it's delayed puberty. Yeah, I kind of feel and, like um, I kind of feel like girls are going through puberty sooner. Um, that's, well, they are. Research, excuse me, research definitely shows that the age of hitting puberty is decreasing among women in the United States. But the reason for that is not completely known. Now, it could have something to do with soy. There are a lot of people who blame it on milk, like the hormones in milk and the I'm, extra I'm insulin. for hormones in the meat. Yeah. Well, I I don't know. I don't think anyone really knows what it is, and so the jury's kind of still out on that. Sure. But as far as the um, estrogen and soy thing goes. Soybeans have a compound called uh, genistein, I think it's called. It's it's basically, it's not estrogen, but it's an estrogen-like compound that naturally occurs in the soybean. And so it can activate some of the human estrogen receptors and have the effect uh, very similar to estrogen in a person's body. And so, you know, that could be one thing. Uh, there are some people who... But you'd think there'd be a rash of gay guys out there, and it doesn't seem like that's really... Well, the, yeah. I mean, there's not that doesn't. many of them. I think as a percentage of the population... Population. I mean, real gay guys, they're, they're fewer than 10%. Right. And just yeah. because a man has, like, all men have some estrogen and all women have some testosterone. It's not like all or nothing, you know. And so um, the question is, if a, a young boy was exposed to estrogen-like compounds, and they're not just in the soy, there are actually other people who say that, like, Alex Jones has this famous video on YouTube that says the juice boxes are making people gay because they have this liner in the inside of the juice boxes that is an estrogen-like compound. It's called bisphenol A, and it's found in a lot of can liners and plastic uh, containers that if you, you're not supposed to put them in the microwave because it can like leach out into the food. So there are a lot of these estrogen-like compounds in the environment, and whether that's influencing kids as far as puberty goes, uh, it could be. It's not really known as far as I know whether it's having that specific effect uh but i don't think there are more gay kids growing up and you would think that would be a major indicator that these things are kind of wreaking endocrine it's havoc in- it's interesting speculation though jay yeah yeah and then another thing is why well, thought i throw it out there another thing is i have a gay cousin and um uh when we were like oh you know going through puberty he's about six months younger than me. Actually, he's a twin. And um, so, like, when we were, like, uh, young teenagers, I could remember, like, on Thanksgiving, being at my grandmother's house, my grandmother would have to kick all his kids out of the house. We were just, you know, too much for her. So we'd be out in the street playing football. And I can remember at 12, 13 years old, he was not interested in football. He wanted to be a cheerleader or jump rope. Oh, my. Whatever. We didn't care. For sure. And then, yeah, that's cool. As we got older... His voice never changed, and he had a girlfriend and stuff, and he just, he was, like, kind of awkward with his girlfriend, and uh, I guess when he was maybe about, I don't know, 17, he kind of figured himself out a little bit, and, you know, he wasn't real happy with the girlfriend, and he was a little confused, but then he, um, 
he ended up, he, he, he found a boyfriend. Uh, in fact, they got married. They've been together for, oh, I don't know, well, probably since he was 19 or 20, so almost 10 years, but I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But I tell you what, he's in a happy relationship, and I'm very happy for him. Cool. And um, that, that's all that matters to me. Yeah, there you go. I agree. Jay, th- thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, thanks for the call. 855-450-3733. Your comments are welcome. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. The Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP, features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip, and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com LC9. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about, 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live is giving away free stuff this holiday season. For most days from now until, well, I'm going on vacation, um, we're going to be giving away prizes on our Facebook page, sometimes twice a day. Uh, We recently, just on uh, Saturday night, gave away... It was a Bitcoin to the first 100 people to respond to Roger Ver's offer. And we've been giving away Tota Sacks and Vaporsmiths, Vaporizers, uh, Liberty Sticker 5-Packs, Ruger BX-25 magazines, copies of Guns and Weed the movie, copies of uh, Yeardley the movie. It'd be funny to say you're giving away Guns and Weed. We are not giving away Guns or Weed. We are, however, giving away magazines and movies about Guns and Weed. <laughs> <laughs> magazines being the things that hold uh, bullets, not necessarily the things that you page through while sitting in waiting rooms. Right. It's always good to clarify. That's right. As all you have to do is go to facebook.freetalklive.com to be, you know, the eligible, I guess. You like our page and keep an eye on our page. And, you know, when I give it away, you get involved. Usually I give people, you know, a threshold, four hours or something to uh, respond. I say, guess a letter, guess a number, do something in order to. Uh, what if two people guess it correctly? I've been giving away prizes to both. I've okay. got enough that I can do that. Um, there's, you know, th- the fact is our advertisers are generous and they want to, people to have these these things. So I assume that the friends and family of uh, Free Talk Live are not eligible. You are not eligible. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. That's okay. I got a bit. If there's today. something you want, uh, you let me know. But uh, you aren't eligible. <laughs> So go to facebook.freetalklive.com and like our page because, well, and frankly, that's what this is all about. I'd like to have more likes on the page. You know, I mean, it it helps. Yeah, it's a good thing. It's a good way to get your message out. So it's facebook.freetalklive.com. We're talking about sort of what... I guess we're talking about human sexuality to some extent. There was a situation where a rugby player, um, straight rugby player, had a stroke, woke up gay, mm-hmm. turned into a hairdresser. Yeah. And it brings up some uh, questions. Jay Noon just called in and he was uh, talking about um, his uh, cousin who's a twin. And as I've heard it now, I 
by no means am I uh, somebody who's uh, studied this, but I do know somebody. I've, I've looked who into has. it quite a bit, actually, because um, I was on a quest. You, you may even remember this, Mark. We were talking about this mm, more than a month ago. Okay. And so I went on this little expedition and tried to read up on the research about what makes people gay, straight, bi, or whatever. Because it's fascinating. You know, it's very interesting. Yeah. No matter what your orientation. And, you know, I, I think we should say on the air, um, usually when people talk about uh, the causes of sexual orientation or like what would lead someone to be a certain way, uh, there's it's usually accompanied by some kind of a value judgment. Like, is there any way we can stop this and try to make kids straight or whatever? Um, and because we def- need more babies, right? Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> definitely not about that. I mean, it's not known. Like, there's no known ways of influencing people's sexuality at this time. There are some people speculating about different genes that are associated with homosexuality or whatever. Or and and now probably there's brain areas that are probably speculated based on this rugby player that we just talked about. Sure. But I don't think that should be accompanied by a a should like a right. a well they should they should be. Straight. Everybody well, should be. Straight. There's problems with being gay, as there are problems with being transgendered. Gay folks. And, the only problems um, are more likely to commit suicide in in their youth until they sort of get out of high school. Well, I would that's say not the a biggest problem thing. with being gay, though. You realize that that's a problem with society thinking it's a problem to be gay. Well, I mean, it's it. it <laughs> I didn't deal that, with it. It, it so. wouldn't be a problem if it were accepted. It's a societal socially. issue. I agree. I don't think that that is inaccurate to say that it is a problem with being gay. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is it, it is a problem with being gay I mean, you in, might, in today's you culture. You might as well say there's a problems cultures. with being black. I mean, because, you know, it, it is a problem. They encounter it, systemic racism. And I, stuff. I bet if you had a chance to talk to some uh, some black guys in here, they'd say that, yeah, there's some problems with being black in American society. Maybe maybe you don't like the way I phrased it. Yeah, that's the, that's the problem. It's the way it, you phrased it. Fine. Um, but. You know, when you look at, uh, you know, young gay people, much more likely uh, to commit suicide. When it comes to transgendered people, significantly oh, more likely to commit suicide. You know, I think, and and by the way, transgender people have the highest rates of violence of any um, group they enacted on them. And today, I think is, um, I heard this on Prometheus Unchained today, I think this is like Transgender um, Remembrance Day. Okay. I'll look a little bit more about that, just to kind of may- raise awareness about the, the brutality and violence, a lot of which comes from the police, by are the way. You, uh, do you ever get kind of, oh God, another day, week, month, or year of this, that, or the other thing? I mean, No, it just, it's important. Well, and not, if you don't, not specifically if you, transgendered, but I mean, everybody's claiming a day, a week, a month, or a year to do, to talk about their thing, whatever well, that sure, might be. let them claim it. It doesn't bother me in NASCAR's uh, NASCAR week you know I mean well, if you don't think it's important you can always ignore it no. and I think transgender remembrance day is important because people basically ignore I think it's systemic violence against them uh, every day of the year not to uh, well, beat yeah, people up over their that's uh, you know, absolutely choices, a wonderful, sexual choices that's or a wonderful point the, the the clothes they wear or the you know even if I think you look the silliest thing in the world I think I, I, I saw some uh, joke on the internet today about a gothopotamus and it was this <laughs> Uh, you know, sexually ambiguous, uh, obese person who had, uh, oh. you know, like earrings in the nose and just a, was a mess as far as I'm concerned. Hey, you know, I mean, th- th- clearly that person wants a certain level of attention. So I don't have a problem with looking at them. But, you know, you don't need to be a jerk. Uh, you know, I mean, are they being a jerk? I mean, it would no, seem people to me- don't need to treat them poorly is what I'm saying. Oh, yes, yes. Because mm-hmm. that wouldn't uh, wouldn't yes. be. um you know, there's no point in it. There's just no point in it. Right. Um, everybody, everybody's the butt of a joke sometime. Do you really want to do that to somebody else? Mm-hmm. You know what it's like. 
It's not going to make you feel any better to treat somebody poorly. So, you know, why do it? I think is really what it boils down to. Yeah. You know, it's uh, we're a long way from sort of, you know, a lot of people have a a, a lot of issues around gender and want to, you know, make it a big deal. I think we're a long ways from that. But the very least along the way, you could just say. Oh, well, you know, that's what that person chooses to dress like or look like or want to do with their life. I think it's very interesting. I've uh, watched one of these Oprah shows and uh, it was Our America. I keep I, I record them all. Oh, wow. I love them. They're with this uh, gal, Lisa Ling or something like that. I think she used to be okay. on The the View. Yep. And I find them riveting. She goes in and she tackles some really hard issues. And one of them she tackled was uh, she didn't actually tackle any transgender people, but she tackled the issue of transgendered. Mm-hmm. And there's guys that are married that then choose to become women and cont- mm-hmm. and keep the same wives. Sometimes the wives choose one, – in one case, a wife chose to be the husband and the husband – I mean, this is just just bizarre stuff. And well, it, it's unusual. not my world at all, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm – you know, I, I, I think the 99 point something percent of the population never imagines changing, changing their gender over anything. And that's why it's so easy to pick on that point whatever percent of the population that – does do yeah, these things. I think in a way it also goes, especially when you're talking about um, male to female transgender people. I think it also goes deeper than that because there are a lot of straight men who feel that their masculinity is somehow threatened by people like that. Like, oh, they're trying to fake me out. They're trying to pretend they're a female and they're going to, you know, if I'm attracted to them and mistake them for a female, then it'll make me somehow less manly or gay or something like that. I don't know. It's, I suppose there's some people thinking that I've got a utila kilt. Yep. You know what this is? Uh, yes, it's it's, it's a, basically a skirt. I mean, <laughs> it's a it's a skirt, but it, essentially. but it has a uh, functional purposes, of course, right. you know, and it but it's. You know, I think it's, it's I've seen your utilikilt at khaki, you know, utilikilt <laughs> thing, and I enjoy wearing this. I really do like oh, yeah. it, but I don't wear it out in public because I'm embarrassed. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the end of the story. I'm embarrassed. I might wear it at Pork Fest, and you know, I'm not going to get any trouble at Pork Fest. You know, especially if I have a big broadsword swung over my back and the utilikilt on. You know, there's no manliness question or anything like that. But I don't wear that out in public because I'm embarrassed by what people might think about me. Are and- you afraid that you might encounter violence or just um, ostracism and social shaming or whatever? <sighs> You know, I've got to say, um, even though I'm a Quaker and I eschew violence, um, there's a little, there's the little ex-convict inside of me that really wants a fight. Um, you know, I mean, so if somebody brings it on, that it doesn't scare me. I can fight like the Dickens. Um, it's not something that I'm going to do poorly. Hopefully, I'll talk my way out of it. But you know, it's a really bad idea to bring a fight my way. Okay. I, you know, I, I just, I, I'm only trying to be as honest as I can be. Um, you know, sure. I mean, that's something I battle with. I've got anger management issues. Eight five five four five zero. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. It's SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in and talk about whatever you want, but got an interesting story here. It's from uh, Radley Balco at theagitator.com. And last night we were talking about smoking bans, and we had a couple of folks call in that really advocated the idea of smoking bans, and mm-hmm. they had their different reasons, and, you know, they were the what they were. But this article from Radley Balco, it's When Paternalism Kills, 
And he says here, the New York Times looks, looks at the e-cigarette debate. And this is a quote from the Times. A team led by Ricardo Polusa of the University of C- C- Catania recruited 40 hardcore smokers, ones who had turned down a uh, spot in a, uh, a free spot in a smoking cessation program and simply to give them a gadget already available in stores for $50. This electronic cigarette, or e-cigarette, contains a small reservoir of liquid nicotine solution that is uh, vaporized from an aerosol to form an aerosol mist. The user vapes or puffs on the vapor to get uh, a hit of the addictive nicotine and the familiar sensation of bringing a cigarette to one's mouth without the noxious substances found in cigarette smoke. The, in, after six months, more than half the subjects in uh, Dr. Palusa's experiment had cut their regular cigarette com- consumption by at least... Fifty percent. Oh, wow. Let me repeat it just so you hear it. These are hardcore smokers who had no interest in quitting. (laughs) Forty of them. Just so you know what the size of the end tab was. After six months, more than half of the subjects that was just given one. They weren't required to do anything else. Just given. Nearly uh, a quarter had stopped um, altogether smoking and half had cut their cigarette consumption by at least 50 percent. Now, you know, I think that's better than the rates for... Um, Chantix, which is the everything. popular quitting. Yes, everything. I took Chantix. I'd like to, here's the disclaimer. Mm-hmm. I took Chantix and I quit. I did have some vivid dreams. I did not have horrifying ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, this is the big claim with Chantix. And, yeah. you know, it is what it is. It worked for me. Cool. Um, That's you know, great. Uh, I couldn't. Congratulations. Cigarettes turned, or cigars, excuse me, turned from uh, things that I really enjoyed doing to tasting like a mouthful of mud. Ooh. And it just it wasn't at all satisfying um, to, to smoke anymore. So I stopped. Interesting. So this, although this is a small pilot study and the regular, um, the results fit with other encouraging evidence that bolsters hope that these e-cigarettes could be the most effective tool yet for reducing the global death toll from smoking. The good news, but wait, this is from uh, New York Times uh, in theagitator.com. There's a powerful group working against this innovation, and it's not big tobacco. It's a coalition of government officials and anti-smoking groups who have been warning about the dangers of e-cigarettes trying to ban their sale. The controversy is part of a long-running philosophical debate about public health policy. But what an odd role reversal. In the past, conservatives have leaned towards abstinent-only policies for dealing with problems like teenage pregnancy and heroin addiction, while liberals have been more open to harm reduction strategies like encouraging birth control and dispensing methadone. When it comes to nicotine, though, the abstinence forces tend to be more liberal. They do, <laughs> including Democratic officials at the state and national levels who've been trying to stop the sale of e-cigarettes and ban their use in smoke-free places. They're, they've argued that smokers want an alternative source of nicotine, should, only, should use only thoroughly tested products like Nicorette gum and prescription patches and use them only briefly as a way to get off nicotine altogether. So they don't like it the way it looks. And it's interesting, this, um, you know, it's, it's an inconsistency on the side of liberals. And I believe that both of the callers oh, that called in. Oh, there are plenty of inconsistencies <laughs> on both sides. Well, I mean, this is just, this is a social issue, though. Do you, uh, liberals tend to be mm-hmm. liberal on social issues. Yeah. But this is a social issue, and they can't let this one go. But yeah, but it involves smoking, Mark, and smoking got, is bad. It's not smoking, though. I've right. got my e-cigarette but here from VaporSmith.com, and I'm puffing on it right in the studio if I feel like it. And I, <laughs> I just don't did. smell a thing. And, and you're not going to smell anything. You know, it's, no, there's nothing wrong. There's no problem with smoking this in front of somebody. The uh, biggest problem with it is it looks remotely like a cigarette. Mm-hmm. It looks like a very big cigarette, but you know, and pink. 
it's pink on the bottom. It's, it's strawberry flavor. Mm-hmm. You're not going to find a strawberry flavored cigarette, by the way. This thing tastes just like strawberry. Interesting. Yeah. You don't, have you ever tried one of these? No, I have not. Did you want to try it? Will you give me the first one for free? Um, I'm, <laughs> I would, wouldn't recommend you smoking on it for very long. But you, should, you could taste the flavor. It won't do anything to you. Yeah, I'm pretty good. I okay. think I'm good with my green tea addiction. <laughs> that's fine. I don't think that it's going to create an addiction in you. Anyway, no, that's no. just my you know layman's opinion. Yeah, but the thing is, like, yes, this is actually a harm reduction uh, strategy. It is, absolutely. And an effective harm reduction strategy. Yes. And I think that that's what and the most important part about this is. And it hasn't had, like, super rigorous testing done on it yet. No. Nope. However, the testing is starting to be done, like this study that Radley Balco just blogged about. And, in principle, if you're thinking about something which contains lots of chemicals which are known to be carcinogenic and cause lung cancer directly and all kinds of stuff like that... Uh, and you're comparing it to something that's just basically water vapor and nicotine yep. and some s- other flavors and things like that. Nicotine's a poison. It's not good for you. But it's right. certainly um, an e-cigarette. It seems, it seems pretty it clear. it doesn't have all the other junk. It doesn't that, have all the other junk. Plus, yeah. it's uh, vaporized rather than uh, combusted. That apparently has some, uh, you know, some better attributes yes. to it and that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, because when you burn things, it creates carcinogenic uh, chemicals, no matter what the substance is, pretty much. And so, yeah, if you reason from first principles, it seems fairly straightforward that they would be better than smoking cigarettes, you know. And the people who oppose e-cigarettes, you know, on these nanny- nannying grounds, like, oh, they haven't been fully tested yet. Well, I mean, how are they supposed to be tested if no one is allowed to use them, you know? Well, if they're banned, as I've heard, it could be the really helpful thing that helps a lot of people quit smoking. Some people's dogs have eaten these cartomizers and died. Um, there's enough nicotine in, well, in one of you, these cartomizers. That's to, almost like saying if a dog eats enough cigarettes, it'll die. It will. It probably will, too. Yep, sure. If a dog eats chocolate, it'll die. At least that's what I've heard. I've, I've heard that. Um, have a dog, but... You know, probably better examples. If a dog eats, uh, you know, say, uh, insecticide, it'll yeah. die. Yeah. Um, you know, as I understand it, these things may... I, it may be tasty because of the flavors in it or something like that. I don't I don't entirely know. Mm-hmm. You've got to keep poisons away from dog from pets and children. And also the dose makes the poison. Well, one of these things has 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 the dose. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's absolutely got it. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you've got to keep it. Uh, you've got to keep them away from from pets and children. There's no doubt about it. But other than that. They seem to be a significantly better choice than cigarettes. You know, yeah. do- apparently dogs aren't likely to eat cigarettes. I, I guess. I mean, yeah. I've never heard of that happening. I'm, you know, they, they, they smell just that bad. It's probably because all of the smokers are just so jealously guarding their cigarettes from the dog. <laughs> <laughs> they don't let the dog get near it. <laughs> yeah, I think I remember a dog cleaning out uh, ashtrays. I think I remember this happening. I don't know. Um, maybe I've heard the story. Ugh, it's disgusting. Yeah, that sounds gross. <laughs> let, me fin- let me finish up the article sure. here. An analogy to abstinence-only sex education is spot on, says Radley Belko. Yep. And it's more evidence that the public health fanatics on the left can just be can be just as ideology-driven and anti-science as the moral crusaders on the right. Oh, of course, yeah. if you've been following the medical marijuana debate, you shouldn't be at all surprised the FDA won't let politics and fear-mongering trump science on that issue. The left and right are both guilty. So it really does uh, lay it all out. But I think this is extraordinarily important information. You're talking about 40 yeah. smokers here who had no desire to quit at all, were given e-cigarettes, a little gadget um, that, you know, actually Vaporsmith.com sells. And half of them within six months had uh, cut their consumption in half and a quarter of them had stopped smoking altogether. Mm-hmm. And we're using this and that was, uh, you know, for them, the best way to go about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is the very best thing to happen to smokers ever is these e-cigarettes <laughs> because, you know, 
I, I'm obviously smoking half as many cigarettes as is good. I'm, I'm not saying that people need to quit smoking or anything like that. If that's what they want to do, that's what they, they want to do. But it certainly gives you the opportunity to, you know, you're not, you're not as hung on your addiction as you, um, as, well, as an, you used to an be. addiction is a ball and chain, right? It's something that prevents you. It, it, you know, you spend money on it. You spend time acquiring it. You feel miserable if you can't have your thing that you're addicted to. So it's, it is a significant limitation on your freedom in your life. So if you know that if that doesn't appeal to libertarians then i don't know what does it's probably a really good time to talk about uh, vapor smiths um, you can get, <laughs> get a, a lot of free advertising today well, i'm really talking about uh, this this article here issue. about the left yeah, yeah. mm-hmm However, I think it's uh, it's a great time to talk about it. He's, Vaporsmith.com has one of the best made e-cigarettes in the market available today. It's a little booster in it. It gives you a, a nice big hit of the uh, the vapor. Come in lots of great flavors. Menthol, cherry, vanilla, strawberry, t- reds, Turkish classic, cloves. And you can get the e-cigarette for free. So all you have to do is purchase 40 cartomizers. Those are the things that contain the nicotine. Um, it's for $70. You can get 40 cartomizers. You'll get the e-cigarette for free, and you'll get free shipping with coupon code FTL at Vaporsmiths.com. You can also call 855-2-GET-VAPOR, Vaporsmiths.com, 855-2-GET-VAPOR. And, you know, this'll, this handles the secondhand smoke with the kids in the car problem. This handles the, you know, stepping outside of work when you're busy doing Absolutely. things problem. Your boss may not like it when you take too many breaks. You it's have cheaper, to go out, too. You, you have to go, it, it is a lot cheaper. Yep. You have to go outside, stand in the snow next to the, the dumpster. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of problems that C-Cigarette solves, and, uh, you know, Vaporsmiths.com will uh, help you with it. 855-450-3733, Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. It's a SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about. That's what we do here on Free Talk Live. Check out freetalklive.com. We've got an expansive website there with lots of different ways to listen. Not only are we on, um, you know, we have satellite options like uh, XM and Free to Air and 100 great radio stations. We've got uh, live streams there that you can listen online. Uh, the webcam where you can, uh, I don't know, watch what we're doing in the studio. Listen lines where you can call a telephone number and listen any place that you can't get connectivity. Otherwise, it's uh, listen.freetalklive.com. It's a great uh, service that Free Talk Live offers you. All these ways to, to listen that we offer for free. There may be some costs associated with them. For instance, you've got like a long-distance plan or something like that for the listens li- listen lines. But it's listen.freetalklive.com. Stephanie, the EU... They're out there protecting us from uh, erroneous claims. Uh, Yes, it's very important to protect people from the claim that water can prevent dehydration. Water, I'm I'm having a little right now. I'm preventing dehydration right now. (laughs) So this is also from the telegraph.co.uk. You know, this is really the ludicrous um, end to the government's sort of claims that uh, food manufacturers and drug manufacturers and, and by vitamin supplement manufacturers can't make claims unless the government says they can make claims, right? Yeah. So a water bottler shouldn't be able to claim that water 
um, hydrates unless they pay the government, what is it, hundreds of billions of dollars in order to get something through the FDA right now? Or hundreds of millions, excuse me, hundreds of millions. Oh, gosh, yeah. I wonder if the FDA would even deal with water. And, of course, this is the EU. This is yes, a different, different uh, government entirely. But they all like to control people. So here, the headline is um, EU bans claim that water can prevent dehydration. Brussels bureaucrats were ridiculed yesterday after banning drink manufacturers from claiming that water can prevent dehydration. EU officials concluded that following a three-year investigation, there was no evidence to prove the previously undisputed fact. Producers of bottled water are now forbidden by law from making the claim and will face a two-year jail sentence if they defy the edict, which comes into force in the UK next month. This sounds like an Onion article. It really, it really does. does. Three I years? Yeah. I mean, and they spent It'll three have years a quote studying. about halfway through the stunningly <laughs> stupid quotes start. And, uh, you know, by the end of it, you're sure it's a big joke, right? Yeah, it just, it's shocking. They spent three years um to determine, you know, commissioning some government panel to determine whether water actually prevents dehydration. <laughs> yeah. Um, so last night, critics claimed the EU was at odds with both science and common sense. Conservative MP Roger Helmer said this is stupidity writ large. The, the euro is burning. The EU is falling apart. And yet here they are, highly paid, highly pensioned officials worrying about the obvious qualities of water and trying to deny us the right to say what is patently true. If ever there were an episode which demonstrates the folly of the great European project, then this is it. NHS, which is their um, health bureaucracy, health guidelines state clearly that drinking water helps avoid dehydration and that Britons should drink at least 1.2 liters per day. <laughs> I suppose they know how much that is because I don't know. Uh, yes. Well, 1.2 liters. Well, a soda bottle, a large soda bottle is two liters. So, and the smaller soda bottle is one liter. Yeah, yeah there you go. Somewhere in between that. Yep. <laughs> the Department for Health disputed the wisdom of the new law. Uh, a spokesperson said, of course, water hydrates. While we support the EU in preventing false claims about products, we need to exercise common sense as far as possible. Because government can't. It's crazy. It's not, it's not now, capable of it. Now, I could see if if there were like a manufacturer of bottled water that were saying like our water does something special that tap water doesn't do that prevents dehydration. Our water is magical. Like that's you know, obviously there's not actually true. a water out there. Um, and I, I bought it for a while and I'm, I'm not willing to say that it doesn't do what it, what the claim is, but it's called Penta P E N T A. Mm-hmm. And, they take the water and they heat it in a kiln or something like that, and to the point that it breaks up the water molecules. They claim, um, and I don't know that this isn't true, all right? Well, I mean, you're just giggling, but we don't know. Um, you can heat water all you want, but it's still water. It doesn't sure, change sure, sure. the chemical well, bonds. Okay, let me, let me, let me, um, you know, make the, let me make their okay, case the ahead. best yeah. I can. I'm listening. Apparently, these water molecules are sticky, and they, 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 they'll, they'll create long chains. It's called chemistry. Okay, so water forms hydrogen bonds. Mm-hmm. Water molecules sure. form hydrogen bonds, which are a weak type of chemical bond, yep. non-covalent bond, uh, that keep it in water form, in liquid form, instead of as a gas or a vapor. Uh, but as far as forming chains... Um, are, are they freezing it and turning it into ice? There are different types of crystals that are making. No, the claim is that the water molecules themselves, that w- regular water has uh, formed these long chains of that they, the, the H2O molecules form these long chains. And then that makes it the water less efficient at getting into your cells because these chains are large and they can't just slide through the cell walls. And the this, penta- is, this is BS. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is not true. <laughs> well, 
<laughs> when the folks from Penta sue, I just want to make sure they sue you. Um, and Go ahead. That, and that they this kiln heating process. Now, one thing they didn't address in this uh, and, and and the product is why don't the water molecules stick back together? But this kiln heating process breaks up these uh, these chains so that the molecules can more easily slip into your your cells, and therefore the their bottles of water are significantly more efficient than other bottles of water because. And they also have a witch doctor stand over it and wave their hands and bless it. I right. don't. I I couldn't. I could not tell you. I can tell you that I, mean, I purchased any- several <laughs> cases of this stuff because it it just it sounded just true enough for that's me. A, that's a wonderful placebo, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that. It, Did you know that more expensive placebos are more effective than that, cheap placebos? Is that so? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They are. Okay. Well, yep. uh, now. Did you feel good when you drank that water? I felt. Do you feel convinced. like it was getting into your cells? I couldn't tell. I I couldn't. I just couldn't tell anything. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. I wanted. <laughs> I certainly wanted to know, but I I, I couldn't tell. I like so, it as the case may be. Uh, that that was uh, we were talking about magic water. That's how we got there, and right. uh, you know, so there is magic water out there, um, and maybe you know, maybe it's backed up by. I have no idea. Yeah, I. Uh, you haven't done studies on this. You you were just skeptical. Oh, I'm so skeptical. I've never <laughs> heard of water molecules forming chains, but you know, I. I, and I have a degree this, in biochemistry, know. so I should know this stuff. Right. So it's uh, it's it's Stephanie at freetalklive.com Absolutely, if you want to send the yeah. emails. I can just see it now. <laughs> Her, yeah, because there's going to be listeners that are like, she's wrong. <laughs> the water molecules chains as long as your arm or whatever. I don't I don't know. I mean, I I could obviously I don't know if you think that it's, it's humorous. That uh, uh, this that is I did like this. the best joke I've heard all day. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have a bridge for. Elmar, you should yeah. take a look at it. <laughs> it just made some sense to me. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, of course, product manufacturers claim all kinds of things all the time. It doesn't mean that they're true or that they're backed up by science. And, you know, even when there are scientific studies, people can kind of extrapolate a little too far. They can kind of jump to conclusions that aren't really there. Um, for instance, um, you know, there, sometimes there are studies that say, well, um, people who do lots of crossword puzzles are less likely to get Alzheimer's disease. But that doesn't mean that doing crossword puzzles prevents Alzheimer's disease. It might just mean that the people who are already smarter or have a higher like cognitive reserve choose to do crossword puzzles and don't get Alzheimer's. It doesn't mean it's a causal relationship. Right. And so people, I think, need to just be a little bit educated and look at those claims critically but, you know, if they buy a bottle of water that says this product prevents dehydration, is it really hurting anyone? I don't think that you can even... First of all, it's not fraud. Uh, second of all, it's not force. No one's forcing people to buy this water uh, in this story that Certainly we're talking it's about. it's not fraud. I mean, and I think, I think that would be the issue here. And they're not lying. Water, no. water does hydrate. I mean, what else? Well, it, the definition of dehydration is not... It does have the water. word hydro uh, does mean water, right? Yeah. Okay. So, I, I mean, now it seems I suppose, pretty clear. Um, I, I, I wonder if this is what they're talking about. So the human body is has a lot of water in it, but it's not just water. It's, of course, a lot of salts and other solutes and different molecules. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times when people sweat, they are not just losing water, but they're losing salt. And so if you just drink water, it really doesn't replace the salt that's been lost to sweating. So in that sense, a lot of us water can afford might, to lose some salt. Well, 
Right. Yeah, but uh, anyway, um, I could see how there might be a little nuance to this, but at the same time, I think the EU is way over their bounds. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. Talk Live, 855 453 Sickle Toll Free Call in Line, 855 450 3733. You can call in and talk about whatever you want, but we are just having too much fun talking about Penta Water during the break here. And, you know, Stephanie, I, I, I gotta say, I spent a good deal of money on Penta Water at one point in my life. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think I've, I've probably have bought at least the equivalent of two or three cases of this stuff and Mm -hmm. and and as we saw on the website during the break a case is like 85 bucks i don't think it was quite that much um i was getting it at a health food store so i don't have to have it shipped to me or anything like that but um you know they make claims their 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 marketing uh, seems slick to me you said that uh high-priced placebos are more effective than low-priced placebos well they are and this is actually really fascinating to me. I have sort of a uh, fascination or interest in the placebo effect. And there have been many studies on the placebo effect. In a lot of cases, when they study certain diseases, like for instance, um, mild depression, um, even things like blood pressure, um, weight loss, anything, um, any real disease, uh, the effect from taking a placebo pill can be up to like 30 or 40 percent in some cases. And so sometimes it's really hard to discern whether a drug is acting as a placebo or whether a drug is actually acting on its own. And so that's why drugs are compared with placebo pills in in studies. But the really interesting thing about placebos, which brings up a number of ethical dilemmas, is that um, so like red pills work better than any other color. So there's that expensive pills, placebos work better than cheaper placebos. So it's like there's an incentive for somebody to just sell just a really expensive placebo. Like diseases? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, some some men with like erectile dysfunction, for instance, can take a placebo pill and be completely but cured. one can claim that's in their head. Depression's in your head. Erectile dysfunction's yeah, in your head. Yeah, but what about, I mean, yes, some diseases Cancer, show a stronger you know. response to placebo than others. How does it work on amputees? Well, yeah, (laughs) exactly. Uh, But I mean, something like back pain, um, they have done surgeries for back pain uh, that actually, you know, do things like fuse the vertebrae together and stuff like that. And then they compare it with just basically putting the person to sleep and making an incision and not really doing anything. It's called a sham surgery. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of cases, the sham surgery is exactly as effective as the as the real surgery, quote unquote. And so, yeah, that's a real dilemma. It's like if you're a doctor, do you recommend somebody for I mean, do you give them a placebo even though it's not? doing anything but it could help them it's, you just keep a vial of red expensive red pills uh, red pills well, in your desk say. actually there actually is a product out there it's called obacalp which is placebo spelled backwards <laughs> <laughs> and it's basically a sugary syrup and it says on the website that it was invented by a mom who was this is horrible by the way who was basically trying to shut her kids up and whenever they would get upset they would whine that they wanted medicine and so she would give them this like sugary cherry syrup and then she started marketing it 
as an actual placebo for people to give their kids when they didn't want to tell the kids, hey, you don't really need medicine. It seems like you're doing okay, you know. Uh, so, it, so does this make a kid more of a hypochondriac or less? Because if they my, get my sugar son, every time they really, complain, it really works for my son when you give him a kiss. If if something oh, if something sweet. hurts and you know you know um, uh, that's within a placebo reason, right? I can get behind. It, it is it is a placebo effect, and you know so if he falls and hurts his knee or whatever it is. It works. Mm-hmm. It you know like he he wants the attention. You know, look, something bad happened to me. Yeah, and, you know, pay attention to this um, situation. Well, and, and real parental attention and and love and affection are no substitute for like. Uh, uh, I mean, a band aid is no substitute for actual love. You know what I mean? That's what I was trying sure. to say. So yeah. You know, I real. I want to read this uh, Penta's uh, website here real quick. Pen, <laughs> Penta's <laughs> revolution. Them to advertise. More. Revolutionary <laughs> patented. 13-step, 11-hour filtration and purification process includes... Because if it takes longer, it must be true. Well, you know, you're working on it longer. Includes spinning our water at high speed and pressure. That's cavitation. This extra step produces smaller, more readily absorbed water clusters. Where did they get the water to begin with? Does it come from some secret artesian well or something? No, they didn't. I don't believe they said that. No, but I, I think that they. I thought they heated it in a kiln. Apparently, they're talking about spinning it here. I don't know if things have changed or if I was just wrong. Penta is the only bottled water that uses patented physics, not chemicals, to produce the purest water available. Yeah, helping they to have keep a your, patent on it. Well, they have a patent on their pseudoscience. Patent, you've got a patent. Patents are a reality in business today. I mean, not saying that you chase after somebody for coming up with your idea, but somebody might patent your idea and then you can't do it anymore so um you know i mean that's important yeah i think that's unfortunate um this unique process energizes the water and it's believed that it is believed that this is uh that this added energy results in the antioxidant activity to neutralize free radicals antioxidants and good hydration are essential to parts of an everyday healthy lifestyle great tasting penta provides both without calories preservatives and without additives of any kind there's nothing antioxidant in water and actually if you're electrolyzing the water or whatever you could actually create free radicals and so i don't understand i don't know that they're electrolyzing it they're uh they're 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 Spinning it and, and this unique they're process. They're centrifuging the water. Inter, yes, uh, they're, it energizes the water, and in this way, it added energy results and antioxidant yeah, activity. Yeah, I, I, I feel pretty skeptical whenever people say things about energy because often oh, yeah. at times it's difficult to quantify oh, yeah. and measure. Yeah, I agree. Energy uh, sounds pretty is, is pretty skeptical, like um, healing energy, or you know, your chi is messed up, or your flow is messed up, whatever. Yeah, well, they haven't they haven't My gone that fine. far, but uh, they do claim to have a what? What is there? There's an um, there, there's a Penta community here online. Um, there is. So mm-hmm. you know, I bought this stuff first. I bought one bottle. You know, I kind of drank it. And mm-hmm. do I feel any different? Is my life different? I can't. Am I hydrated now? And then you know, I couldn't tell. So then I buy a case, and I'm going to drink. You know, I'm going to drink a case of this stuff and make sure that I feel hydrated. What's it like to feel hydrated all the time? You know, and I I just never could tell any particular difference between regular water and this water. And I'm not going to make a claim. I frankly do not know anything about this process or or anything. I couldn't tell any difference in my life, but, you know, the marketing's good and, you know, whatever. whatever. (laughs) Let me go. Let's go to Bill in Mississippi. Okay. Bill? Yes. Uh, personally, I have a problem with alkaline water because it's really not going to get past the uh, acidity in your stomach. And if it does, it, it's just going to be 
trying to neutralize the, the natural acidity in your stomach and actually causing you harm because you won't be able to start the, the digestion process. Yeah, yeah thank you for food. saying this, Bill, because this we have to explain, I guess. Um, and but Bill, water is an alkaline. It's basic, right? Well, no, correct me if I'm wrong, Bill, it's, but I think he's referring to the claim by a lot of these like so-called natural health people where they say cancer can't live in an acid environment, or sorry, cancer can't live in an alkaline environment, so you should drink um, alkalinized water in order That's to raise... However, you can't get by the stomach, because the stomach yeah. is going to try to neutralize that right. alkaline water. Yeah, and, and you also have kidneys. You have very specific homeostatic mechanisms in your body. Part of the purpose of your kidneys is to keep your whole body at a certain pH. And so it'll That's excrete right. acid or excrete base depending on what you ingest. And so I don't right. like the, the idea of drinking alkaline water either, Bill. I agree Bill, with you. you. Do you have anything else, Bill? Yes. Uh, no, just hold, hold the line, Bill. Hold the line. 855-450-3733 if you want to call in and talk about water or whatever you want. Free Talk Live. Who knew Eight- water could be so interesting? The Ruger LC9. Compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP. Features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com LC9. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. You can call in, talk about whatever you want. We've been, uh, well, discussing water here recently. It's been a, it's been an across-the-board <laughs> evening show. <laughs> if you're unable to own a firearm due to local laws or whatever reasons, an air gun might be a great substitute. There are plenty of other reasons you might want an air gun, either training a child in firearms use, varmint control, or maybe a little cheap, quiet indoor target practice during those long winter months. I recently got a 50 caliber air rifle that can bring down a deer from PyramidAir.com. Now, this is not cheap, quiet, indoor entertainment during the winter months. This thing makes some noise. Um, They're the world's largest online air gun retailer in business since 1993. A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. Their experts can help you find the best air gun for your needs right over the phone. They did this with me. I was impressed with how they uh, they they dealt with me and, and got me to what I needed. You can get 10% off or free shipping, whichever's more, with coupon code FTL11. Please go now, view the amazing dragon claw at airgun.freetalklive.com and peruse the site. See the other air guns and accessories they have there. It's airgun.freetalklive.com. And as a matter of fact, if you don't have a uh, um, you, you don't have the internet's handy, Get a telephone number, 888-262-4867. That's 888-262-4867, airgun.freetalklive.com. Let's go back to Bill in Mississippi. Bill, you had another point? Yes. Uh, I can see where that type of water could have some dissolved minerals. However, that would not be plant minerals, and it would be in the colloidal mineral category. So I would think that the absorption rate would be very small, if if at all, if, such as 3 to 5%. A much better source would be the GCN minerals that I'm very familiar with, which are plant minerals, and those approach uh, the 90-something percent absorbability. 
And I just want to get get in that little plug. Thanks. Anyway, I'm, I don't know uh, anything about it. <laughs> well, I mean, you you guys are you know in the network and uh, so to speak, and mm-hmm. uh, I've, I've been dealing with that for about eleven years. So I can highly recommend that. But I'm, a lot of these waters are just they're here today and gone tomorrow, and just a sales gimmick and. You know, I, I guess that's by P- far. has been around a long time. Bill, th- thank you for the call. 855-450-3733. You know, I think that there is this human desire, especially among Americans, where we like everything. And I'm totally collectivizing here. I realize that. And But, but there's something about culture, I guess, in the U.S. where people want things to be bigger, enhanced, better. Uh, we were just talking about this during one of the breaks, Mark, in the context of, uh, uh, let's say, male endowment. But uh, anyway, um, people want things to be just uh, extra bigger and, and supersized and stuff like that. And I think that there's like this tendency to, um, to like go for supplements or to like fall for advertising that tries to sell you vitamins or like enhanced water or, you know, super foods or something like that. But really, you're the medical type, but you also are sort of the, the naturopathic type to some extent, too. I mean, you you take certain um, natural uh, remedies, right? Um, I wouldn't say I take natural remedies. I try to I try my best to prevent disease by living a healthy lifestyle, though. Mm-hmm. You know, like I exercise, I try to get good sleep at the same, you know, enough sleep for me. I try to minimize my stress and uh, and so forth. And I eat. Um, I actually, for our listeners who don't know, I lost 75 pounds on a low carbohydrate diet. That was about 10 years ago. I've kept pretty much all of it off. And, uh, and you yeah. look fabulous. Oh, thank you. Yeah, right. and, <laughs> well, I think. You know, I think really I've come to the conclusion, as I've seen, I've been watching this for a number of years, and I've actually seen uh, many randomized controlled trials of vitamins, like vitamin A, vitamin E, vitamin C, multivitamins. You would think, oh, these are all fabulous things. Who, who would it hurt to have more vitamins, right? We probably don't get enough Especially because our diet the water-soluble one, right? Well, that turns out not to be true. And a a lot of studies have come out, especially within the past five or six years, that show that taking supplements that have vitamin A, vitamin E, vitamin C can actually increase the rates of certain cancers, lung cancer, um, prostate cancer. Um, There are other prostate cancer almost doesn't count as cancer. I mean, it's so slow growing. Well, yes, that's another whole issue with the PSA screenings and the, the whole Overdiagnosis. There's a real incentive, I think, to overdiagnose prostate cancer when most people die with it and not because of it. You know. Let's go, to Paul, in South Bend, Indiana. Here, listening, ninety-five point three. Paul. Yeah. Hi. What's going on? What's on your mind, Paul? Um, well, you were just talking about vitamins. I'll just throw in an idea about that first. Um, I know a lady who died from taking too many vitamins. She would just eat bottles and bottles full of vitamins, and it oh, ruined her kidneys, and she died. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that, Paul. Yeah, this really uh, megadoses can really be an issue. Yeah. yeah. The other thing about the water is I was reading the same stuff about hydrated and dehydrated and that kind of thing, and I was confused. So I went to Wikipedia and started doing a little reading up about stuff, and one of the things I found out that was in Wikipedia was that when the thing you want to stay away from is deionized water, because when they take all the stuff out of it, there's like a vacuum in the water, and so when you drink deionized water, from what I got out of what was in there, it takes the minerals and stuff out of your body. 
Mm. So it's actually dangerous to drink the stuff. So well, actually, I, drinking deionized water, um, and, and deionized means that they remove um, salts from it. So like any dissolved salt, most water has a minuscule amount of dissolved salt, whether that's um, sodium chloride or magnesium sulfate or uh, calcium, other salts or whatever. Um, And you can't really taste it, um, but different waters from around the world in different places have different kind of compositions of these salts. And so that's why you'll see like Fiji water, for instance, and they put the composition of dissolved uh, minerals on the back of the water bottle. but but actually drinking, um, so deionized water is used in science because sometimes you need some solution of water that has no dissolved salts because you want to add your own in a certain amount or whatever. Um, but if you drink deionized water, some people get actually uh, like a stomach ache because it's just it's just water without any uh, solids. And so, um, as the caller was saying, uh, it can be kind of irritating to the stomach. Hmm. Yeah. I've never and, even heard of this. And, and he was saying about a vacuum. I could see that uh, it's it's a principle yeah, of sense. osmosis, yeah, basically. Sure. It's um, going so it's, after the salt. It wants to be a, attached yeah. to a certain amount of sort of salty substances. If, if there's so a fluid in the lining of your stomach, which is like the you know the fluid in your cells or between the cells, and that has a certain amount of dissolved salts in it, That's, and then you water drink water with zero salt, the salt is going to tend to equilibrate between your cells and the water. It's just basic chemical principle. So, is that what you're talking about, Paul? Equilibrating? Yeah, that's, that's what I'm talking about, and that's what they were saying is, is you really shouldn't drink deionized water even though it sounds like, wow, I want something really pure and really great for my body, mm. because it actually would take some of your minerals out of your system, and you would actually have less good stuff in you than you had before. So, my idea was if you wanted to drink deionized water, you could, but you probably ought to either mix it or at the same time drink regular tap water, and that's what the article ended up with is tap water is best. Shake, shake a little salt in it first. Thanks for the call, Paul. 855-450 free. You know, I've heard similar things about distilled water. Um, a friend of mine, a good, uh, I went to his house. He had a water distilling device and there and, you know, he would, uh, you know, there was stuff at the bottom when it was done taking yeah. the water out. This and like cockles and uh, seashells and things or whatever down, down there. <laughs> <laughs> and, right. it, you know, it's, it's, it's a neat idea. It's nothing but water that mm-hmm. uh, you get when it's uh, distilled and that kind of thing. But one kind of wonders... You know, minerals are good. Are we getting too many mm-hmm. minerals? Not enough minerals? I mean, I'm I'm not entirely certain. Well, and and if it depends in, on where you're getting your water from. Exactly. You know, I don't entirely trust the government and their tap water. I I have a problem with fluoride. I, have I a big do problem too, with flu- and not for you know. I hear so many people opposing fluoride, and they can tend to sound a little bit. Uh, kooky for lack of a better word but i have a problem with it because anytime anyone is given a medical treatment they should be able to have the opportunity to consent to that and not only that but the dose of fluoride in water is based on how much water you drink and everybody drinks a different amount so no there's no way i mean informed consent wins that argument for me you don't have to go to any of the kooky explanations right i drink a lot of water i just like it mixed with things like uh, coffee and tea and uh, soda and stuff like that uh, 855-450 <laughs> 3733. You know, by itself, it's a little bland. I like stuff in it. 855 453 on Free Talk Live's Live Sunday edition. Free 
Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. This is SACL toll-free call in line. You might be able to squeeze you in here. It's the last segment of uh, the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live with Mark. And Stephanie. So, Stephanie, we were talking about... Let me get to this live read here. This is uh, important stuff that i got to get out of here. If you're looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear, ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, and boating equipment. ManVentureOutpost.com, they're family-owned and members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. Some prices are so low they can't even be mentioned on the air. I have a good friend of mine who uh, I turned on to ManVentureOutpost.com, and he, you know, he buys a lot of things like this, knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, that kind of thing. And he says that the prices for ManVentureOutpost.com are the best that he's found on the Internet. Um, you can get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. It's ManVentureOutpost.com. Stephanie, we were talking in the last segment about, well, you know, different things, different ways that they sell water and and that kind of thing. You were talking about a study of vitamins. Now, every morning... More uh, than one study yeah, of vitamins. Many, many studies, yeah, studies of vitamins. I wake up and I have a handful of uh, you know nutritional things that uh, I don't even know what they all do. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife says take these, mm-hmm. and you know she's into this. She studies it, researches it, you know, comes up with whatever conclusion she comes up with, and mm-hmm. it's all good enough for me. I know that there's some zinc in there and some white bean extract. Uh, that those are the popular ones today for me. I get some fish oil, and I don't know what else, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, but like I'm not even half. Oh, and I I take a Nature B, which is a um you know a, a supplement that uh, advertises here on free has advertised on Free Talk Live, and mm-hmm. I take it. You know, even when they stopped advertising, I still continue to buy it, and I mm-hmm. still take it because it to me seems like a better way to get one's vitamins if you're going to get it from food than get it from uh, you know just I don't know pills. Uh, so you know, then rocks. why not just get it from food? I mean, why not just eat a salad and some meat? For I'm not the sure what and... kind of because uh, you know, I figure my body will take whatever vitamins it needs to take and then uh, reject the rest. Um, well, with some vitamins, that's true and some it's not. But I think that it's pretty evident that you can get everything you need from a healthy diet. You know, a lot of people don't eat a diet that contains a lot of that's very nutrient rich, but I think it that is, that's part of the point. Right? It is possible to eat a diet oh, that sure is, is nutrient dense, and uh, I think that, like, I mean, if you, for instance, if you want to get zinc, like I know shellfish are really high in zinc, other meats are high in zinc, and mercury and, too, right? Um, well, it depends. Some of them are, and and yeah, there's the farmed versus wild, like the wild seafood. But the farmed ones are often farmed in. Out in the ocean too, yeah. so I mean oh, they're yeah. exposed to whatever you know regular shellfish. Yeah, but sometimes they also feed them corn and stuff. And with salmon, that makes it more. Uh, it makes them make more omega six fatty acids than omega three, which the omega threes are supposed to be the good ones and so forth. So, so speaking of which, what about fish oils? I mean, fish oil is. Uh, well, I mean, we should we should say that this is just my opinion. It's I'm not trying to give medical advice to anyone, but it's an interesting conversation about like the value of supplements, right? And you know, this is just what I think. It's not. You know, do what you want, like do your own research and come to whatever conclusions you're going to come to. But I think that there is a tendency, especially among libertarians, to think that anything that goes against the government or goes against like conventional wisdom is good. And I don't agree with that. <laughs> it's, things still need to have evidence to back them up, right? I would agree with that. Absolutely. Just because somebody in the government says it doesn't make it true or not true. Yeah. Um. 
And, you know, the other aspect of it is that, you know, vitamins can be sold, so therefore you can have advocates of vitamins. Mm-hmm. The not taking vitamins, there's not much of an advocacy <laughs> right. out there for it. Right. Now, there have well, been. Well, the some- reason I talk about it is because I, I'm concerned, one, that people will spend money unnecessarily on a lot of supplements, and two, that they'll take things that might actually make them sick, you know, when, you know, you can get what you need from your diet. I think that is very well shown, you mm-hmm. know. And yes, in New Hampshire, um, in the winter time, you can't make as much vitamin D as you oh, need. Oh, I get that too. Yeah. So I think it's okay, you know, to to take vitamin D supplements in the winter in New Hampshire. That's perfectly reasonable. But I'd say that's if you're eating a a balanced, nutrient rich diet. So that's, that's probably the, thing, the only. The thing average you need. person who's listening here is like, I don't know. Do I eat a balanced diet? I don't know. I mean, you know, I get well, it's probably cheaper than supplements. First of all. You know, just to have. Uh, oh, I don't know that that's vegetables. true. When you're talking about taking a multivitamin, multivitamins are an extraordinarily cheap thing. You can get yeah. one. You can get well, one at Walmart. Also, uh, my um, multivitamins don't contain everything you need either. I mean, even if you're talking about um, Nature Bee, which was, you know, it's not an inexpensive uh, supplement. Yeah. It, I think it was ninety nine dollars for a three month supply. Mm-hmm. No one would call that inexpensive. That's a buck. You know, I mean, buck a day. Yeah, that's a buck a day. When you're talking about the nutritional stuff, when you look at produce, the the grocery stores never have coupons for produce. They mm-hmm. always have coupons for things that food that comes in a box. Yep. So I don't know whether you're claiming uh, that processed food is nutritional or not. No. I wouldn't think that you would. <laughs> right. So I don't. I don't. I disagree with your claim that eating nutritional food is cheaper than than supplements. I see. Okay. Well, yeah. I suppose if you're just talking about. Uh, multivitamins, then maybe that's true. But I don't think a multivitamin is a replacement for a balanced, nutritious diet. I think everybody would like to eat a balanced, nutritious diet without having to do all the work of eating a balanced, nutritious diet. I see my, my wife work. makes me something and then goes about preparing her salad. It can take a half an hour sometimes for her to you know put these salads together. Oh my God. Well, what? Look what? at it as an investment in yourself. I mean, if you're willing to invest money into supplements, then... Are you willing to invest a little bit of time into making? I'm willing tasty, to invest money into supplements. Meals? I'm not willing to invest too much time into researching supplements. I don't want to spend <laughs> the time looking and things like that. And that's probably how things went with the Penta water. You know, I read a little uh, a bit at a, in a health food store that I was actually selling ads to when I worked at a local radio station in Sarasota, Florida. Mm-hmm. And wow. That sounds neat. I'll get some of this water. You know, <laughs> right. Yeah. I got more money than time to research this stuff. Fine. Mm-hmm. I'll purchase mm-hmm. the expensive water and see how life goes. Yep. And I purchased it for a while and didn't continue to purchase it. So apparently it didn't, uh, you know, it didn't do what it, for me, it didn't do what I um, wanted it to do, whatever that might have been. Mm-hmm. But I'm just kind of curious. Um, so you don't take any supplements, I do take, whatever? I definitely take vitamin D okay. in, in New Hampshire in the winter for sure. You know, well, you're and, from Massachusetts. It's not like you've ever known anything different than the winters that we've experienced. Well, but yeah, I mean, like there are certain latitudes where the incident angle of the sun is such in the winter that you just cannot make vitamin D. And so everybody sure. in that region will become vitamin D deficient depending on how much they had kind of stored now, up in their body before from the summer. And I've heard that vitamin D uh, supplements are often, um, that, that's a lot of hocus pocus that uh, you have to get the really, the really expensive ones in order to get the really good vitamin D. And um, I don't know. No, I mean, I think um, there's, there's vitamin D2 and D3 
and D three is from why didn't they animal call it sources e or something like that? Why did they call it D one and D, or D two and D three? Where's D one? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't, I'm not totally familiar with the nomenclature, but yeah. I know that there's a slight chemical difference between D two and D three. And D two is from vegetarian sources; it's from plants. And D three is from animal sources like fish livers and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So the and, fish they got there, uh, they got the sunlight, and you're just eating it now. <laughs> I don't know if they. Um, I think they might use sunlight. That's an interesting question. They probably do use sunlight to uh, synthesize it. Yeah, I'm not eating the liver of anything. But, so but you know, matter. if you live in Arizona all year and you're out in the sun, then and you're with the Freedom's Phoenix crew or whatever, then you don't need to take vitamin D because you're making it probably. A Caucasian person can walk out in the sun for uh, five minutes and, and make got all the several thousand units of vitamin D, which is more than you could get in a pill anyway. So when I was sick, I would often find that going outside, like being ill, you know, like have a cold or something like that, I'd go outside and I'd feel much better having just been outside for mm-hmm. a few minutes. Well, the interestingly enough, there I, I am aware of some um, there. There was some study done in Japan on some school children a couple of years back, and they um, they gave half of the children vitamin D supplements and watched to see if they got um, influenza and the rates of contracting influenza were lower in the children who got uh, vitamin d supplements my producer here says that uh, d1 is the sun so <laughs> d1 is the sun that's that's the uh, just the claim here what, what can i tell I think you? it's a joke <laughs> so what's the um it could be i don't know <laughs> so now what tell, tell me what the study was again i was uh, just uh, it, it was some japanese kids and uh, the kids, half of the kids got um, supplemental vitamin D, like mm-hmm. so pills in the winter time when they, or whatever season it was. Yeah, it would be the winter in Japan. Yes. Um, <laughs> Wherever, whatever month it was, it was in, it's still the winter. Yes. Yeah. Well, because there's a seasonal pattern to the flu and the way that it spreads mm-hmm. and it's more common in the winter. So, um, so they gave these uh, kids um, vitamin D and the ones that got the vitamin D as opposed to the ones that didn't were less likely to get influenza. Hmm. So um, there you go. Vitamin D works. Some people really grab onto that study. Free Talk Live. You can uh, check us out in the next 21 hours at (laughs) freetalklive.com. We have the uh, the show looping there, and uh, listen. You can listen on live or listen to that at freetalklive.com or lrn.fm if you want to hear some other liberty-oriented programming. It's been Mark with you and Stephanie, and well, Monday Free Talk. 